now, introducing the man who emerged from his house this morning wearing a mesh tank top and very short shorts in preparation for another one of those beautiful 70-degree days only to discover that he would not be basking in the sunshine as intended and making matters worse, the paparazzi uploaded, quote, several new nip slip pictures, unquote. While he was upset to see the Orioles fall yesterday afternoon, he says nothing from April 21st caused greater disappointment than the, quote, fall of an even more important fixture in my life. As it turns out, Jason Whitlock is not the esteemed journalist I had once revered, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Man, I'm trying to move all my old phone numbers over to my new phone. Yeah. And it, like, this just... It, well, it's a whole thing. How's it going? With whole you? How's it going on? And I, only, I and heard the phone's alive right now. Well, it's a it's alive, but it's not working. Well, that, what does that mean? Like, well, do you I mean, have access to the phone numbers? Yes, I could manually at this point do it, but there's a thing that allows you to not manually do it. It just does it for you, which would be nice while I'm doing this show to let somebody else do some work for me for a change. And I was my shoulders are tired from all the carrying that I, I have to do, all the lifting. I understand. And so I was like, well, maybe maybe the phone will just do the work for me. And the phone was like, nah, we're good. Well, we'll you expected we'll, we'll it to actually really work. Right. That was that was my mistake, because I thought it would really work. Because you seemed to misunderstand and the so phone now, just hadn't been working with at no, all. No offense to you or to Stekka, this is really important. You guys are you're just not. I'm going to be honest about uh, okay. it. You're just not yeah, that no. important. So. Well, he's offended. Well, I mean, you know, I'll tell that to him straight up. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I love Stekka. Um, anyway, the point being, I am, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, perturbed. I, thought, perturbed. I saw that coming somehow. Perturbed I knew you were going to say that. By this whole entire situation. And you're not often perturbed. I know you do not be perturbed very no, often. No, not, not, not something I typically am is perturbed. But we move ahead, and that's what it is. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. Uh, is he there? Is Andrew Stecka with us as well? Good morning, Andrew Stecka. Good morning, Glenn Clark. How, How are, are you? How are you, my friend? It's good to see uh, you. Not too bad. So Andrew Steck is sitting in on today's program as well. He's not in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio today. <laughs> but <laughs> he will be coming back to the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. In fact, I was in having a full con- regalia. Yes. In his shark costume Which, that by we've, the way, we've I seen last before. Time, yeah. We've seen before. Um, I had a conversation with Tim from Bel Air this morning, and he said, Andrew, that either of those two days worked. So okay. I'm going to make the uh, executive decision. Who allows this? Well, I am the executive. Everybody knows that. That makes me the executive assistant. <laughs> Go ahead. Cheer, 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 Assistant all the to the, yeah, correct. First of all, two things going on there. One, assistant to the regional manager. I didn't even claim to be two, assistant executive. Two, this is not... A cheermocracy. Oh. Yikes. This wow. is a cheertatorship, and I am the cheertator. I Let's love when the best entertainers mind. mess up their own. Yeah, nailed, you know, nailed the line, didn't they? Yeah. Um, anyway, the point being, we are going to make that decision that Friday, June 18th, Friday, June 18th, joining us here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio will be Andrew Stecka in his shark costume. Devouring every ten minutes, so a total of thirteen. So we're gonna do it at the top of the show, and then every ten minutes from there through the end, uh, shots of tuna fish and sardine juice from Which, the ice. If I'm not mistaken, are, is sardine juice just olive oil? I, I've been I, reading up I, on tinned. I gotta meats. be honest with you, bro. I don't know. I've been reading up on tinned meats. Why? 
I've been curious. People, Why is this a like topic? Kyle does in his spare What a people, weirdo. There was a tweet I came across and I was like, hey, I'm starting a newsletter about tinned, tinned, tinned seafood. And, and you didn't like, say to yourself about spam recently. And I, what is going it, on? And, and look, here's the, here's the, the real thing. Some people love it. Some people love tinned seafood. It's a, it's a quality way to preserve fish. But what I'm wondering now after having read a little bit is I'm, I'm not positive, but I think he's going to be drinking fishy olive oil. Depending on the sardines that we are getting, okay. you're acting like that. That's that's a good thing. You you're were acting looking, like that's. You were hoping for that. Yeah, that's what he was. Yeah, going, that's what he he called. He said, <laughs> "You know what I really love, guys, is some fishy olive oil. If you could get some of that for me." No shots are in the arm. Flights are booked, so we will be able to uh, to knock this love out. Here this. Love this. Love this. Future. Looking forward to it. Stecka will be here on June eighteenth to pay off his debt. Now that's all. That's all there is for Stecka is the costume and the. There's no songs involved or anything like that. I think was, we should have him at least dance the Katy Perry. Song. I mean, I would like it a great deal if he are would. We, do how are but we? That's well, I would feel remiss if I didn't remind you that there is a song involved. Oh, is there? This <laughs> is because this is how long around. it's been. Stecka, it's been so. No, because, long. because here's the thing. Then it's going to turn around oh, in a few shark. weeks, and it's, you're going to remember right. that it's there's baby a song, shark. and you're going to call me that, an a-hole for that, not that reminding That was the you. purpose. That was the purpose. Yes. Baby, baby shark it's is baby the, shark. correct. And that, and so we'll enjoy that as well. We'll have that sure. to enjoy. I don't think I've ever heard it all the way through. I mean, it, it's not that much. <laughs> i got to be honest. I haven't either. You just get through verse. the whole family. I always That's omit the third and verse. Then you Real convenient. You get through the whole family, and then you... Run away, run away. There's been a lot of baby shark in my life. Here's the problem. After consuming what I'm going to be consuming, I probably am going to be running away. Yeah. I was wondering, are we going to get like, so logistically speaking, because I am a man that always worries about logistics. Where are we putting the ice luge? In the room? We're putting it right here. We're going to put it in the corner kind of thing? Like like right there, yes. We're not going to put it on the same table as the the mechanical gear. We're not going to put it up on a giant like easel. We're going to put it a little bit lower, and it'll be uh, on level. We'll be fine. Or where are we putting the puke bucket? Settle down. Oh, no. He's just got to deal with that. He's got to swallow it. That's the the rule. Mm -hmm. That's the way it goes. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, you signed up for what you signed up Mm -hmm. for. That's the way it is. All right, so that's coming up on June 18th. Andrew Stecka will join us again here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Uh, a little bit later on in the program today, Ruben Hippolyte is going to join us. Maryland linebacker, they're getting ready for their spring game on Saturday down in College Park. Unfortunately, all of the tickets have been claimed, so uh, if you are looking to go, you're out of luck. It will be streaming on the uh, Fox Sports app, and it will air on tape delay on the Big Ten Network. And also later on in the program, speaking of the Terps, incoming Maryland transfer Ian Martinez, who was transferred to uh, College Park from the University of Utah. I have no idea what the connection is. No clue. None. Zero. We'll find that out later on in the program, why Ian Martinez has chosen the University of Maryland. So that's coming up on the show today. Some things I want to talk about at the start of today's show. Andrew Stecka, uh, I'm going to get to the Super League. We'll talk about that with you. But before that, I saw a conversation you were having with our pal Matt Kremnitzer on Twitter the other day. Mm-hmm. As Matt, and I apologize for not remembering the wording of exactly how he phrased it. Um, but Matt Kremnitzer was talking about trades with the Baltimore Orioles. And of course, Matt yeah. Kremnitzer writes for us here at Pressbox and does some more analytical type of coverage. He did a good piece on Nick Markakis's career in the most recent print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now. You might know at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. John Means on the cover. 
and Matt put out a poll about players the Orioles could possibly trade. And was the wording, was it angry? Was that? No, it was, I just pulled it up. It was, who would you be the most upset about the Orioles trading? Okay. Who would you be most upset about the Orioles trading? And he listed Anthony Santan, uh, Anthony, let me get that correct. Anthony (laughs) Santan there. Uh, John, he like he's been going to a fashion show in New York with a name like he that. He really but. does. John Means, Trey Mancini, and Tanner Scott as the options. Uh, for the record, it's it's somewhat close, actually, in his voting. Uh, Trey Mancini, 49% of people will be most upset about Trey Mancini. And John Means, 42%. Andrew Stecke, your response was a little bit different. You, 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 you <laughs> I kind of it up. You kind of cowed it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I cowed it up. You uh, you said, there's not an N.A. option, though. Which, of course, is your way of saying, how could we be upset about any player well, that the Orioles context not would be trading? If they were to return, get like a bag of balls but for John Means. See, this is, yeah, you're, of course. You're, you're, I'm kind of it up. For God's sakes, man. But that's, of course, you're assuming that this is a good, you're getting good return <laughs> like, for like it. Like, how right? does your girlfriend handle this when she's like, I think we're going to spend some quality time tonight. And God's just like, let's skip right to the good stuff. Jesus, keep it in your pants for a second, man. We're building something here. For God's sakes, you lay a it's foundation. A t- Kyle, it's a two-hour show. We've got. <laughs> well, we have a lot to talk about. I got. Kyle, tennis, sorry, I, got I gotta get a lot. Stuff to I gotta get, to get a lot of live reads in on this show. Mo- moving faster doesn't get us closer to June eighteenth uh, or whatever. No the day. You want to know about the octopus or not? Jesus. I'm just trying to say. Jesus Christ, man. I'm laying all this out. Kyle's just like, here's the giveaway. Here's the part you're going to give away. Are you the guy sure. when, when like other people haven't seen a movie? Or are you like, let no, me I tell don't... you how it's going to happen next. That's not. See, I didn't know that was the spoiler. Jesus. You had me going. Jesus. I was Christ. like, but what about everything else? Well, Andrew, the, the point is, would you like to describe your reasoning for, for why it is you said there should have been an NA option available? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you spoke to it for the most part, Glenn. It's the wording. Uh, upset about uh, the Orioles trading into these players. No, I wouldn't be upset if they traded any of those players. Um, Matt followed up by asking I, if I would care, and no, I, it's not that I it, it's not that I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be upset though if they traded right. any of those players or anyone else. I followed up by saying I did vote for Anthony Santander mm. um, because I think that he's the one that has. Of, of those four players that were given, he's the one that has the most future potential behind him for, for trade value, I guess that, that, that still can be built up. Um, but even that I think is super limited. Um, so I, I think of, of those players that, that he listed, um, you know, Santander, Tanner Scott, John means and Trey Mancini. I think he still Santander still has the highest to climb in terms of potential value. I think those other guys, have either reached or are potentially even maybe on the downcline of their highest potential trade value. It's interesting. I don't know if that's the case with means yeah, in particular, right? Means. Like, I don't know if that's the case only because I, I don't know when his value would have been higher necessarily, right? It clearly wouldn't have been. I, I think it's probably at its peak right now would be my guess. Right. I mean, you say that. And, 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 that and is, especially when you talk about a starting pitcher and the volatility of, you know, just pitching in general and arms and health, those kinds of things tend to go really quickly when they go. There are there are very limited cases where guys are able to sustain great state starting pitching. You know, you're talking about Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw level, right? Like great starting pitchers. Right. And I don't think John Means is ever reaching those heights. Now, can he stretch out what he's doing right now over the course of 
you know, six months, let alone two, three more seasons, maybe, and and maybe his value could climb a little bit from there. Um, but I, I just, I'm well, not, but I, I but I do think this is a key difference like that we're talking about. I think the point is, can can his value be at its highest come July, right. which is when you would need it sure. to be at its highest? And I I think that is plausible. I think it's plausible that he could continue to pitch quite well between now and July, and whether or not that means he's going to be pitching well in September or going to be pitching well next July, kind of irrelevant. If he could still be pitching extraordinarily well come July, I think that he could be at its highest. And I guess I guess being upset about them trading him, whether they traded him now or in July or next July, I can't get upset over oh, any of those no, just in, because in, in no I don't see I don't see the the risk in do in, in making that trade at any of those points, because in, if anything, you're still getting something of value back. Hopefully uh, well, that's, that's the caveat, right? Like, and by the way, and that I don't join you there. The point that, that Kyle tried to get three steps ahead of us. I don't join you there. It's not going to impact me much that, and I'm going to say this particularly, the, and this is going to be the one that that's going to be the most hurtful to talk about when, when, when his follow-up was, would you care and I'm sure that one speaks directly to Trey Mancini, right? Sure. Which is there's this emotional connection. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this for the umpteenth thousandth time. If you think the Orioles are getting something of quality in return for Trey Mancini, you're just doing that because you love Trey Mancini and not because you're offering any critical thought to how baseball works. Correct. Base, no, that's that's 100 right. And baseball said is it- not a sport where teams are desirous of a a decent hitting. Corner, he's got to be on fire. Outfielder, it, even if he's on fire, to even think no. you're getting any. I'm not talking about getting. You're not. You're never going to get a haul back for Trey Mancini ever, ever. That's not what I'm talking about. But if he's on fire, you could get one you're, potentially you're, viable. You're, you're, you're trying to split hairs in order to come up with something, and and you're in purposely ignoring the point in the process. The point but, is, no team thinks they're missing Trey Mancini. There and, isn't, and, and, there and Glenn be. has said this. Glenn has said this multiple times on the show in, in in the past few weeks. Trey Mancini is more valuable to the Orioles than he could be to any other team. Well, Trey Mancini. Therefore, is, trading him makes it that, that that's what makes it so complicated. Trey Mancini personally, right, is absolutely much more valuable in Baltimore. Right? Trey Mancini would want to stay in the, in and, the Orioles and, organization, and and not comparable. Like course. there isn't a comparison between that's not it. it's it's the point, here to though, here. Right? Like my course, nobody's seeing that that's listening to the show. It's way up. You know, it's it's a ten to three type of. There's comparison. no doubt about it. He's a guy anywhere. I'm else. not denying that. If he were hitting some, and this is this is the different scenario. Three thirty. And ripping the cover off the ball, and come like July, he's one of the top hitters in the AL. I understand that this is something that no team thinks they don't have, but not a lot of teams have a guy who's currently hitting at that level. So a right-handed power bat to add to your lineup for the playoff run is still valuable for something. You can get you, something now. You, I'm never. You're, you're split. You are splitting hairs. The I'm purpose of splitting hairs. My you're, point you're, you're is trying only to purposefully be a contrarian instead of talking Mancini about the topic. Mancini doesn't at hand. even qualify for. The people who I feel the context—we're going is most back. We're talking. We're talking about Mancini right now. Every the, the question is presented, and the reason why it's asked about care is because of Trey Mancini. And I, this is the part that we got to get over. The thing that you're trying to do, try to say, hey, there's some bizarro world where maybe he's slightly more valuable than he is otherwise. 
We're just doing that to entertain ourselves. It's not, there's nothing practical about that conversation. There's nothing worthy, that's not, not a conversation that's worthy of any time. You're just doing it to try to be contrarian and to say something not, different. It's, we, we, we hope Trey Mancini can be an 800, 850 plus OPS I guy, hope Trey right? Mancini can, can hit the cover off the ball. You're right. not getting something significant for Trey Mancini. It's not I agree. happening. Stop thinking that there is some significant trade to be made that's going to help this organization for Trey Mancini. And this is the part that stings. The part that stings is that doesn't mean you shouldn't make the trade anyway. And that caveat of I'd be upset about trading Trey Mancini unless the Orioles are getting a lot for him. We got to stop ending. That conversation is worthless. The Orioles aren't getting a lot for Trey Mancini. It's never happening that you have to separate that. Every organization in baseball has Trey Mancini. Everyone does. In fact, they, for the most part, have multiple Trey Mancinis. We love Trey Mancini. I'm going to love Trey forever, for eternally, no matter where he ends up being, if he's here, if he's somewhere else. We have to stop having that side of the conversation because we're talking about something that's never going to occur. The question has to be more practical, which is when the offer isn't significant for Trey Mancini and it's not going to be, how do we handle that part of it if Trey Mancini gets traded? Andrew Stetka. So, he, so here's where I think the conversation actually is relevant, and it's not going to sound relevant from a baseball standpoint because this is more a conversation that has to be had in terms of off the field and PR. It, you have to – you actually, as the Orioles, I think with Trey Mancini specifically, no one else, just Trey Mancini, I think you do need to analyze a little bit of – is it worth, even if Trey Mancini is hitting the cover off the ball come July, is it worth trading him for something versus is it worth holding on to him because of, like I said, the value that he has to the Orioles and no one else? I'm not saying that you do it just to appease the fans. I'm not saying that you do it, you know, just to look good, but it, there, there does, because this is a team and, and, a, and, a, and a franchise that has had its number of PR mishaps and and that would be I'm not saying that's something that is going to polish everything over but it is something that can do damage it is something that can can turn a lot of fans off if you turn around and trade this guy for just you know just a single a guy who is just filler for the most part so uh, that is something that can do damage and I think that that's something that needs to be at least brought into the conversation. So, so let's let's you know let's split that conversation up a couple ways. And and by the way, it was worded to me a, a buddy of mine, and a, you know I, I mean I think he won't be bothered. Patrick Stevens and I were talking about this the other day, and he made the comparison. He said, "Is there some world in which the most valuable thing for the Orioles is for Trey Mancini to become their Ryan Zimmerman, the guy that just sort of hangs around?" That maybe is not never necessarily a great player. I, probably I, a really, I really like that comparison. I think Zimmerman probably was a better player than I think when Mancini. he was I mean, younger. He was a decent third baseman as well, defensively. When he was younger, he was. But the point being that Ryan sure. Zimmerman hung around to a place where he wasn't. You could have done far better at first base than Ryan Zimmerman for for a while now. But they've they've kept him around, and obviously, it, it you know the, the benefit being the Nationals were quite good. Um, for the majority of those years, his, and yes, he wasn't. Back, he was certainly yeah. not a nothing. There's right. no doubt about it. And nobody, I don't think, saying that Trey Mancini of would course. become a nothing. I'm, I'm saying that I think there is an apt comparison there to saying we purposely keep Trey Mancini around in the hopes that even as he gets into, you know, his mid 30s, 
he's still a somewhat valuable player, and obviously the additional benefit in the American League being that the de- there is a designated hitter um, that can keep one more bat in your lineup, even if you feel like you're blocking somebody else who can play first base Davis at some point. You know. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a thing that you have to worry about too much. You never know. So is there some inherent value in him taking on a Ryan Zimmerman-type role versus just getting whatever you can get? And, Andrew, that's the part that I struggle with because I don't know. There's no right answer to that right, question. I, like, I, I don't. I genuinely don't know. I think – Could it work? Yes. I, like, I, could it be improved and could you do better? Probably. Like I mean, that's sure. if you're talking about optimizing a baseball team and putting right, nine guys sure. in the field that are just going to play sure. the best, then yeah. first base is a position that you can get but, or but, you ex- but, should hope for the most power production on your team. But the other side of it that we're talking about, the side where it's about, you know, the PR side of it and how the fans feel and all those things, Andrew, I think that's where the question comes in is what is the responsibility of a fan base in understanding what's going on here? It's it's easy to say we put it on the Orioles and they have an obligation to recognize this is a beloved figure, and if you're just trading him for nothing, it's it's going to be infuriating. Where's the obligation on the other side for the fans to understand, hey, if you said you're in for this, if you if you said, I, I want the Orioles to go through a full rebuild, and overwhelmingly the most ardent fans did, yeah, then where's your obligation to separate your emotions from Trey Mancini and say this is the way it works Everyone is an asset. You get what you can get when you can get it. I mean, this is where I just become cynical and say I can't rely on fans to comprehend that um, because they're not all going to. Um, at the same time, I think this is a more, a more a conversation that can be had if you're talking two, three, maybe four years down the road when the Orioles are hopefully turning this this crop of young players into something and then he's perhaps even – you know, if, if Mancini is still around at that point, he's he's potentially blocking someone from playing time, a la what Chris Davis had well, been doing. And, for and, the, for right, and time. somebody at some point might argue that they need to get Mountcastle to first base. Like it's 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 pretty obvious he can't play anywhere else. And yeah, but you also have a DH, so you can you can play them, but you can you can flip flop Mancini and 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 Mountcastle between DH and first base and and get away with that as well. I mean, you're not really blocking anyone. I, and that's fair. Point. I'll give you that. But and ultimately, at this they've point, got you're these, not. They've got a dearth. I mean, it's not like they don't have first base is where you put guys that can't stick at the positions they're playing, right? A Colby Mayo, who has apparently the best arm in the system, but if for some reason he can't play third base, but he can still hit, right? Like there's right, guys but, but that to eventually... point, that's down the road. I agree. Right? I think like, yeah, you're talking, years... you're talking a couple years down the road. And so for now, I think you can have the, the Mancini conversation while, while still taking into account the PR side of it. If, if it's a couple of years down the road and, and there's more of a baseball conversation to be had, and this team is, actually trying to do something as opposed to just trying to go out there and get through 162 games and develop players. I think there's more of a conversation to be had. I I hear you. And I think that this is all still part of like, they're smarter than us, like Sigma doll and company and the Orioles organization and Michael Elias, like their evaluation of this is not all that. I mean, it's different, but it's similar in a way of the Orlando Brown and the Ravens and, trying to figure out exactly what the value is of the other side of things and like it's an intangible discussion so i but i I, I, to some extent it is but i think it also involves there's way more of an emotional conversation here than it is with orlando brown no doubt that that, that's the orlando brown is is a player to his peak at a prime position who's also asking to be traded is is a guy that's not really at his peak and it doesn't play a prime position but there's still the, the team's not any good if we are under the assumption 
which is not a false assumption, I don't think, but, it, you know, who knows, right? All things are possible. We could be proven wrong, and he could actually bring back somebody who at least was once thought of, right? Who knows? But if we operate under the assumption that the Orioles are only going to be trading him for filler... Or for whatever they can get. And like we're, if, we're using, and, it's like, whatever you can get. It's saying right now, and this is the side of it, right? That when Andrew, you point up that we can, you can drag this out a couple years. You know, we do have to recognize there's only one more no, year under arbitration for, and for that sure. Trey Mancini until he has to get paid. Sure. Right. So there is an argument. That this that would be the time as far as when you could get the most value for him as far as a team's interest. Exactly is right. But I, even I think still. That the other thing, I think the other thing you have to factor in, though, when you're talking about the, the original four players that we were talking in, talking about with, with Santander, Means, and Scott added with Mancini. Mancini it not only plays the position that we know kind of has the least value of, the, of all of those, but he's also 29 and is pretty much what we know he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's the one that has the least room to gain value no question. In, terms of, in terms of being a baseball player. Therefore, are, you're not you're not going to get any more than that filler out of Trey Mancini. But in that case, you're talking about the evaluation of, right? Like, look, filler is a is a relative term. We are applying it in a in a sort of loose, wide sense when in reality somebody might say that once upon a time, right, Josh Hader was filler for the Astros sure. or the Brewers, right? And, like, it's guys that – if we're talking about that, if we're talking about a high upside flyer, I'm never going to be upset because we're talking about them scouting and trying to say, well, this is a this is a, a risk we deem worth it. But if they were to go and trade Mancini for – and this is nothing against, and Zach Pops proved to be a good reliever, but simply a surefire relief pitcher – one guy like a one for one type deal it would hard not it would be hard not to feel some kind of way about like well does that accounting work right what you're gonna get back at best right best case scenario you got a closer right like that would be your dream scenario there mm-hmm. is a great late inning reliever but most trading, likely right. you maybe get a useful major league relief arm which is a one to two year asset for what what is the hit right like what are you losing intangibly if mancini is traded well, but, but in a keep deal in mind like the that? answer might be no more than one more year of trey mancini right but like, even still right and if and this like, is i i don't the idea that the fans need to understand what is going on here is valid but that doesn't mean they will and that doesn't mean that baseball is not in a precarious position as far as fans are concerned right like and that orioles fans who may have been wavering over the past few years might still view something like this as a death blow. And so, like, I don't know. I, I and I get I that winning cures all, that. right? Like, I, if the team I, goes and wins, if they yeah, come back two years fathom. later and are winning, nobody will really remember I just it. Can't, I, I saw somebody say that dramatically. I think it was Ken that said that dramatically in this. And I was like, I can't fa- That's the thing of all of the, the things that we have the dealt with are emotional. over the years. They're emotion-driven. The that you're, you're, you're good, that's going to end you is trading away Trey Mancini? I'm not like, saying that's This is one? not me saying it's No, I can't fathom it from practical. anyone. I just can't well, fathom it. But again, that goes, that, I think that goes back to the, the conversation about the PR of it all and, and, and let's be blunt, the cancer of but it, it all. Right. Like the, and the, 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 those, are, those are things that stick. What I really think it is is our unwillingness to – I think this it speaks to hyperbole, that we just want to say dramatic things for the sake of saying dramatic things instead of saying what the truth is which is we don't th- this is and we're going to get into the super league conversation this is the separation between america and, and europe on twitter we're going to act really dramatically 
and then we're going to go back about our lives, and the moment there's a relevant thing happening with the Orioles again, we're going to say, wow, we're really excited. In 2000, you know, I, trust me, I know, in 2009, the Orioles were toxic. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it, it was com- complete hell here. And the moment 2012 happened, of course. that was all forgotten. It, it could not have gone away any quicker. There was no toxicity remaining. There was a handful of people that you know still want to you know, mm-hmm. rail about Peter Angelos or whatever, but it died in 2012. Well, that's, from, there's one thing that changes that. Right, <laughs> we all know winning. That. Exactly right. And that's why I'm saying like the hyperbole of somebody saying, um, you know, Trey Man- if they trade Trey Mancini, it, it'll be the, the death blow for me as an Orioles fan. Like, no, course, no, it won't. And, and to Kyle's point, if, if they trade Trey Mancini and the player that comes back is Josh Hader or better, you know, that all does go away because it, it ends up being a positive in, on the field move and hopefully leads to something positive in terms of wins on the baseball field. I think, though, that you have but, to... But va- to Kyle's point, it might not. I mean, it really... Yeah, but it might not. But you still have to weigh, I think, even though you may only have another year plus or so of Trey Mancini, I, I think you need to weigh, is that is that worth the year or two asset of a reliever you know, in the best case scenario that you may get in that trade, you have to weigh those things because, by, especially, by the way, especially no, when you're talking, let's, let's be, we have no idea if it's going to be a relief. We're, we're, we're using but, something, but, this but, is, but if it's but especially when like you're a utility infielder kind of thing, right? Like, then it's then it's, right, then it's a I, bag of balls, but especially, but especially like when you're talking about a year or two over a time span and a timeline where the Orioles are still not going to be expected to be doing anything in terms of winning. Yes, it's so like what does that to be bleak, does that right? really matter? What does that what does that asset really give you over the next year or well, two? Well, I, I don't maybe think I don't think the they'd be looking case. to acquire a major league ready no. player for Trey Mancini. I think they'd be looking for right. someone that was a a single A type of player in right. return for Trey Mancini. If and they it were would to make be that trade. and it would be a lottery ticket type player. And I'm yes. on, I'm all for stockpiling lottery picks but it's a one dollar scratcher and not a 25 dollar scratcher i don't know like drew rom once upon a time for the orioles was given away right to the rays i forget who for for who even right i, I couldn't tell you and and he's a real prospect right like these are guys that are 18 or like you know 18 years old that that you yeah, you, you take you their future into you your liked, hands and you said you right. know you bring bring him back i to will me. never be opposed to deals like that ever but like the filler type deals I'm talking about are the quad A surefire reliever. Those are the ones that would say, well, that. I mean, look, I, in right. blanket statement, I'm opposed to trading for quad A players. Like, that's a blanket statement that I'll make, but that's no different for. I would feel no differently about Trey Mancini being traded for a quad A player as, frankly, I would be about, you know, Pedro Severino. Being, I wouldn't be that hurt being about traded. that. I, I, I'm opposed to one quad A for one quad A is but okay I'm, with I'm me. I'm always but going to be opposed to acquiring quad A players in the midst it. of a rebuild. It doesn't do well, anything they're going to have to field a roster at the major I, league level. I, you say that. <laughs> I, that's not, with all due respect, I, people. everybody was all hot and bothered about it, bringing in a Freddie Galvez or bringing in a Michael Franco. I never cared remotely. No, I just fine moves. I, those get you through a season. That's that's fine, but I can get through a season. I don't letting, know who they even put that. I understand the argument. I understand the argument. Frankly, if it was Richie Martin, I wouldn't care. And this speaks to where I am with the rebuild. The the day-to-day part of it doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't. It's irrelevant. I don't care how bad this team is. I, In fact, I'm at a place where I can make a far more practical argument that you might be better off with it being Richie Martin because the other guy might accidentally help you win a couple more games than you need to win right now. And so I, Who, Richie? No. <laughs> I don't think he's going to help you win that many more games. 
Freddie Galvis might accidentally. He's run into a couple of balls. I mean, like he's he's accidentally helped you win a few times. He had a really fine d- double play last he, week. Oh, uh, he had a quite fine double he's play. He's also made he, quite a few errors, but that's all right. I understand, but ac- right. he's every I now and you. then he's accidentally. I think Richie had a in. decent glove for what it's worth. He had an o- okay glove. We're, we're spending like way decent. too much. We're spending way too much time talking about Richie Martin. This so it's a wonder you guys don't do more baseball stuff because <laughs> you start breaking down Richie <laughs> Martin versus Freddie Look, Galvis. Hey, everything turns to hell. Once his bat comes around, you'll see. Will we? <laughs> we see we'll be living la vida loca. Uh, today's show from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio brought to you by Window Nation. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style. Window, bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Just to sort of tie this all together, Andrew, I am. you said your answer ultimately ended up being Anthony Santander. And I and I get the argument, but I would say back I, that's still not really gonna bother me either. You know what I no, mean? No, it's like, not gonna bother me. At, like that's the thing. It was it was me selecting the the least of the options for me. Like I, I none of them would have really mattered all that much to me. Trey Mancini would probably be second for, for for that PR point. But with Santander, I can at least see a guy who. And 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 I don't even know Santander's age off the top of my head, but. He, I could see him 20, being a guy. 26 or 27 is my Okay, yeah. So he's a little bit younger than Mancini. I could at least see him being a guy that's that is potentially around when this thing maybe starts getting better. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the only reason that, you know, that and 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 I guess means falls into that category, but again, there's volatility there with a with an arm that is not there typically with a position player. Um and 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 that's why the same goes for Tanner Scott as well, a bullpen guy is is never one that you can really rely on for no. for any more than two or three years typically no not at all and again look I, i'm this isn't me saying get rid of them for the sake of getting rid of them either Correct. like i'm not suggesting you just do it for the sake of doing it but if you identify that you might have the greatest value at a time and this is where you know we've got to decide whether we trust mike elias or not if mike elias identifies that even if none of these offers are overwhelming but in in all of the math they have on a certain the player, iron, the iron's hot. This that, is the time that you have this to do is it, the best yeah. time that we'll ever be able to get something for someone, whether it's Tanner Scott or John Means or um, Anthony Santander. I I'm gonna be in a place where I'm gonna say, okay, that's that's the way it's going to go because none of their 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 short term losses are significant to me, and this goes back to how unlikely I think it is that much of anyone involved with this right now is really part of it. And this I think speaks to my more kind of practical feel that this is not we're not two or three years away we're still five years away because there is great harm in how this whole thing started between you know the trades that you made originally not getting you much of anything back uh, for the players that you had on your major league roster combined with the fact that and see that's where that's where the only bit of i would say uh, ire creeps in for me with means right like in the scenario where you're maybe two to three years away right where Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall are both in the majors and are both pitching well as young pitchers mm-hmm. means is still valuable I think and helps fill but out I, a I rotation just, and that's lefty, the, I don't right? believe like, you are I don't think there's any world where you're two to three years away I just don't yeah. think I, I think this is the part of it that nobody wants to deal with is like use Neil Diaz as a bomb it's a bomb is he, gonna, and, is he playing tonight there's been like a lot of discussion. They brought about up McKenna. They they were talking about like dropping cryptic war stuff about who they were going to use. 
Yeah, they did. They it all they did. They brought up McKenna. They brought up McKenna yesterday. They did because he and that's because he was still in the taxi squad. Right. He was. He was in Miami. So they were just like come over here and well, there were a bunch of people on Twitter who were hoping it was using the LDS, but it was Ryan McKenna. The bottom line becomes, I think people, I think people continually look at the best case scenario and instead of continually looking at the worst case scenario. I don't even know if it's about the worst case. I think it's about being practical about what's happened so far. Or being practical until something changes, right? And and to Andrew, my my point changes if. If we wake up, uh, you know, six months from now and use Neil Diaz as a baseball player, that right. that can change this dynamic. Right now, the the things, the measurables have all gone against the Orioles in this rebuild. I hear you. The I players just... they got originally have not hit. The players, the Dan Duquette trades have not produced fruit to this point. And a, pan- and a pandemic does not help. And losing an entire <laughs> minor league season yeah. has badly hurt them. Now, there are things that can change that. They're... they're there are truly things. If Jam- Jamal Jones, Jamal Jamai, Jamai, Jamai Jones, thank you, Jamai Jones, who apparently has been performing quite well in these alternate site games, if Jamai Jones suddenly becomes an asset, we never could have fathomed him being. And if a couple of these other players, a, a, a Taryn Vavra, um, a Phil Nevin's kid, if these guys suddenly replace some of the players that were acquired in the original trades, then we're going to have something else to base this on to, to say maybe it could be two to three years. But as of today, with the information that we have, this is not an organization that's two to three years away. It's not well, they're, there. They're, they're, they're in, not they're in a there. dangerous place then with Rutschman. No, they're not, though, because I think there's. Yeah, I think are. you can still look 24. in the end at this entire organization and say that there are probably four, maybe five players that you would actually be upset if they traded. Right I'm now. not saying, but I'm saying about the, and none of those players are on the major league roster. He's talking about the, the timeline, timeline with Rutschman and lining when, up. And if when you're he talking about five years away and he's 29 and has one year left of arbitration, that doesn't work. Well, it, if you're not going to resign him, it doesn't Correct. work. But if and you, I understand the idea and the hope that we, we would. Yes, if you're if you're building something, you'd like for him to be the centerpiece of it. And I get it. Like they they screwed up and they didn't do that with the last special player that they had. And so, you know, our assumption is if this guy turns out to be that good, they probably won't do it with him like either. If he's as good as he could be, right? Are they going to ever sh- pony up five hundred million dollars? Well, I, and I, I don't know that it's ever going to get the five hundred million dollars at that level, and, yeah, and that would probably affect the timeline a little in its own right, but. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the answer to that question either. I. I'm just. I'm just being practical about how this thing has unfolded. I, it's not to me about worst case scenario. It's about look at what's happened. Look. Look at what we can measure so far with this rebuild, and tell me in what way it's ahead of schedule. Well, I guess to my point is, I think the worst case scenario, in to 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 some extent, has already happened with what has you know with uh, what we were talking about and, it, yeah. the pandemic and 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 the first trade not really working out. Um, and I don't, maybe it's just that people haven't really realized that this has not gone, you know, this has not gone well <laughs> to start. Well, worst um, case, if Adley, Adley Rutschman well, yeah, performing then, terribly. Right, right. There's, there's it also, still, it also far, doesn't really help. It also doesn't really help that people count 2018 as the start of this when really it didn't start until 2019. Uh, you know, when, when Elias was hired and, you know, like it wasn't Duquette is the one that made the trades with, mm-hmm. with, with Machado and, and Britain and the like, like that, that wasn't under this new regime. This new regime started six months later and people look at 2019 as like, well, we're, we're three years removed from 2019. No, we're more like two years removed from when this re- thing really got kicked off. Yeah. And, and again, without with and, losing an entire minor league season and in the process. with a pandemic Correct. thrown in. Exactly. Right. All right, when we come back in, I want to talk some uh, Super League. We want to get to that. Andrew Steck is with us. You want to plug Birdland tonight really quickly? 
Uh, yeah, Birdland tonight uh, airs after every Orioles game. Uh, at, follow at Birdland Sports on Twitter. A uh, bunch of bunch of different folks jumping in on that. Just a, it's like a thirty minute post game show. And the cool part about it is you can turn off Masson because they don't let you interact with them. We, we let you comment and kind of drive the show um, and talk about what we've just seen on the field from the Orioles. Very cool. All right, I know we're going to need to reset the call here in a second, so we'll do that. Today's show brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia and our big draft party celebration that we're going to have one week from tonight. Wow, is it really? Holy crap. One week from tonight, Thursday, April 29th, we're going to be at Looney's Pub Perry Hall with Great Eights Memorabilia for a Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland draft party featuring Baltimore running back Gus the Bus Edwards, 7 to 10, and, and the show will be going because we'll be doing our Project Game Day draft special from Looney's, myself, Jeremy Kahn, Ken Zalis on night one. We'll be there. The show will go on until the end of the first round. Um, Gus is going to be there from 7 to 10. We will have a meet and greet with Gus Edwards. Includes an autograph and a photo for only $45. You say, wow, that sounds kind of pricey. That money is going to Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. That's the point of this whole thing. We're trying to raise money for a great charity next Thursday night. So that's what we're asking you to do is get your autograph, your, your meet-and-greet ticket right now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, or at Mission Ticks. And we're going to give you $8 off that meet-and-greet. So you'll still be making your donation, but it won't be, you know, we're, we'll, we'll handle the back end, the processing. We'll take care of if you use the code GLENN, G-L-E-N-N, in all caps. GLENN is the code. Saves you 8 bucks on your meet-and-greet ticket for the event with Gus Edwards next Thursday night at Looney's Pub Perry Hall. Again, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com with the number 8 to find out more. When we come back in, as I said, we'll talk some Super League. That's next. Andrew Stecka is with us. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather Chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 
pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded distress state flag in traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Glenparkradio.com. Nothing but net. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It is Glenn Clark Radio, a Thursday edition of the program. Andrew Stecka, I believe, is still with us. As, uh, we're uh, testing technology a little bit this morning. Um, Andrew, uh, we are actually going to be joined at the top of the hour by um, someone who has been a friend for a while and is among the uh, the deans here in uh, Baltimore baseball. The great Jim Henneman is going to check in with us at the top of the hour as he uh, wrote recently in uh, the Press Box print issue about kind of hanging it up, if you will, as the official scorekeeper at Camden Yards. Um, so we're going to talk to him about that. I, I still don't know if I call it retirement because he's going to keep writing for us at Press Box. Right. And he's gonna, <laughs> I don't think the Jim. I don't think Jim Henneman will ever retire. Uh, I don't think it'll work that way. But uh, he has retired from being the official scorekeeper at Camden Yards. All right. So I want to talk to you uh, for a minute. You, uh, for people that don't know, you also do a soccer podcast. I do. Yeah, uh, Podspur, Tottenham Podspur, uh, covering all things Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, if you get the I've, I've, as you know, I've never missed an episode. It's, it's yeah, of course, uh, must, of course, must listen in my house. Not, uh, no yeah, offense. if I was I'm, a Tottenham person, I'd probably be interested. I'm just not. No, of course, and 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 I know you've got a few listeners who are. So if if they haven't checked it out yet, uh, be sure to. Um, I we we come on after every match and recap the match, and then when crazy s happens in the world of soccer, like it did this week, we we do emergency podcasts and the like as well. So. Um, yeah, I've I've been you know I've been a Spurs fan for about the last five six years. I, I finally got down to, you know, getting a team, uh, selecting a team that that I was going to support in the Premier League, and um, and so that's been that. And I've been doing the pod now for going on two years. Um, 
So yeah, and and obviously this week with everything that went yeah. down, it's just been it's been a little nuts. So I got a message. You know, we we had Drew on yesterday and Kenny Cooper, and we were talking about it. it's it's probably the most extensive conversation we've had about the Super League. And I and I kept comparing, we kept bringing up the why this might why it would not go like this in America. Why why American fans would be far more likely to feign anger for a couple of days, and the 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 the, the parties involved say, yeah, we don't care, deal with it. And right. and then just suck it up and take their medicine at some point, then to actually impact serious change. And I and I had somebody that reached out after the show. Uh, you know, a, a lot of our audience listens later on in the day, and that's that's quite fine too. Um, but I had someone named Chris who reached out later in the day and said, "Glenn, I'll make a comparison in American sports when it comes to boxing. Not only did we deal with the fact that boxing became a sham competition, we've celebrated it. We just made the biggest event of the year." a boxing match between some turd from the internet and an MMA fighter. We're going yeah. to continue to do it. We, we not only allow it to occur, but we make it part of culture now when sham competition exists in a sport we previously cared about. So to your point, not only would we accept a Super League in America, we might even celebrate it at some point. Wow. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I can't really disagree with anything in that, in that, in that comment. I really can't. And I think that um, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something I'm going to regret here, but I think Drew made a really good point in your conversation with him yesterday. I know I feel gross about that too, but he made the point about, you know, the, the proximity of these communities over in England specifically. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's in, it's in Spain, it's in France, it's in Italy, it's in all these countries. Germany's the same way. The proximity of them and the number of teams there are just so much greater. He made the point about, it would be like Dundalk and Catonsville, both having, you know, professional baseball teams. If you were going to do this baseball wise, and it'd be like all of the teams were between DC and Boston. And you're talking about, hundreds of teams in that in that pyramid and that's a that's that, that was a good point to me and it, and it made me think a lot more about and this is part of why for me personally i have fallen so deeply in love with european soccer in the last you know half decade or so it's because of it's because of promotion relegation it's because everything matters everything means something and it's made me think a lot about american sports and how and you talked you touched on this yesterday too it's the acceptance of losing because you actually get rewarded for losing in american sports with a higher draft pick you don't get rewarded for i just losing. said a second ago that i would have been maybe better off with richie martin than with freddie galvis exactly freddie galvis exactly. might accidentally help me win a game or two That's, exactly I just, and i just made that comment you just made that point prior to the break and 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 you don't get that luxury in you know in a pyramid of soccer and 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 i've been pushing like hell to to have even american soccer turn into this mls in my opinion needs a promotion relegation system in order to make it viable because right now you have a select few teams in mls that are decent and then the rest of them are just filler and they keep expanding that league um and then there are a number of 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 other communities and cities in this country that have lower tier divisions including right here in phoenix where i live there is a team that is on the second tier 
that has no opportunity to break into the first tier to break into MLS well, unless okay, they right, unless they spend a lot of money. Correct. And it that's becomes not a, that's not technically true, but yes, it's not going to be based off what they do on the. I'm pitch, sorry, they have yes. no they have no opportunity to do it on their merit. Right. They have an opportunity correct. to do it with money and yes. and and in in the grand scheme of things, this thing this week that happened with the Super League, that's all it was. It was all money, and it was all it was trying to turn these these clubs, which are so deeply rooted in small communities. I mean, the team that I root for is in a small section of North London. Now it's a big club. It's a it's one of the major clubs that was involved in it. But the community surrounding it is so small and tight knit, and not a wealthy area of London either. Um, and 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 it means so much, and it's been around for for more than a hundred years, and it's trying to turn teams and and clubs and communities like that into franchises, and that's what we have in America. We have franchises. Mm-hmm. We don't really have teams. We don't really have clubs. We have franchises, and that's the big difference for me. I, I mean, yes, there's no doubt about that. What did you think of my crazy baseball idea for uh, relegation? I mean, it would never go. It would, no Correct. one would ever go for it yes, because but, of what I just spoke about. Because, but I'm. Well, I'm 100 percent in because the way that it, it it operates here is that we're we we are we have bought a license to print money. We're yeah. not going to do anything that's going to risk our license to print money. Um, and I don't I don't know enough about how that works and you know the exact difference in the amount of money a team makes in the the year that they get relegated versus the year that they don't. In the prem in the Premier League, but well, it's 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 big. But here's the thing, and I saw people comparing this this thing that happened this week to what happened with the the top flight of English soccer, specifically back in the 29 years ago in the early 90s when when the Premier League was established. And the there's there's some comparisons to be made, but there's also big differences because when the Premier League was established, it basically set up a system with TV rights and money that would allow that money to not only flow to the big clubs in, in the top flight of English soccer and create a, a more established top flight of the 20 teams that are in the Premier League every year, but it allowed money to flow down the pyramid to the lower level clubs. And, and those dollars really infused all of the other clubs within the domestic pyramid. The AFC this, Richmonds of the world, if you will. The AFC Richmonds of the world, yes. yeah. Exactly. What this was doing this week was essentially eliminating those clubs from ever being relevant whatsoever. And it was taking any opportunity for them to gain more money. Not only that, the Super League didn't have it had a it had a financier in, in, in JP Morgan. And I, I say had, it's not really a thing that's dead. This is going to come back up again in three or four years, um, maybe even sooner. But it had a financier, but it did not have a television deal. There was no rights deal well, in place. The word is that the the zone, the the streaming network was yeah. But we, if you're going to announce behind it, if you're going to announce something like this, you need to have your plans in place. They didn't even really have a website. The website that they put out on Sunday looked like something that you or I could have put together. Yes, on, I mean, sure you know, that that seemed to be haphazard. I don't disagree with space. that. But I but and I, they didn't and they didn't even have the backing of the German or French clubs, right? Who who were never going to, you know, okay, but it also, it also kind of seemed like they assumed it would come right. Like once you see we're in and that's this a big is, assumption to make though. Well, but like, I don't know what, if, if you see that this is where the money is, you know, like you look around, you read the room, this is where the money is. You can either stay where you are or come join the money. We think that you're going to make the decision that every person that cares about money is made eternally. Right. Like that's our assumption. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, I to some extent, I agree with you that it was done poorly, but at the same time, I sort of get where the arrogance came from. The arrogance comes from 
the money. We've got the money. This is where right. the money's going to be. And the comparison... But it's also that's under, it's the idea that they're already making so much as is, right? It's the greed is where, of course, this is all so lost I on mean, fans, right? Like, I mean, sort of. the idea that they would cry poor as if the money being made wasn't enough. Sort of, but the immediate comparison that was made by so many, and, and, and I'm telling you, th- th- we all know this is coming at some point in college football. This is happening. Yeah. At some point, the University of Texas, despite the fact that they're not good at football right now, is going to stop caring about whether or not South Florida is is set up to do well. They're they're not they don't care they don't really care about it now. They don't really give a rat's ass about Ball State. It's why they make sure to come hell or high water that none of those teams is allowed to get into their uh, their party at the end of the year to compete for a national championship. And they will never allow one of those teams to get in because they they will not allow more money to flow. But at some point, they're going to completely cut that off. They're going to say, what are we doing here? There, there should be we don't the pyramid does not exist to us. We don't need money to flow. We need money for us and to stay with us. And at some point it's going to come. And admittedly, someone might call it greed, but we are not as worked up about that We're as college football fans. And part of that is we think the college football system is so broken that, hey, we'll listen to anything that'll fix it. It's a different conversation. But for the greed aspect of it, doesn't seem to bother Americans nearly as much. Maybe that's just a statement about capitalism. So I, I do think that college football is actually, weirdly enough, the comparison to make because of the community aspect to it. And part of the reason, let's let's not let's not um, uh, discredit. Part of the reason that this did not work this week is because of the backlash. It's because of the There's protest no yes. and backlash of the fans. It's not just because it was poorly set up and poorly no i would say it's far more because of the backlash than it is it's 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 very much i mean i don't know if you saw the story this morning but there was a group of manchester united fans that actually broke into the manchester united training facility uh in protest and like confronted the manager uh ole gunner i mean that seems like a bit much but okay it is don't get me wrong it don't get me wrong it's a it's a little aggressive and and not not advised but that's how extreme this has gotten and that's how connected these fans are to their clubs and how invested they are. Um, And that's where the college football part of it kind of comes in because there is a, there's more of a tribal element and more of a, a club community element to college football. And I guess, I guess in the long run, here's, here's the other part that, that, that kind of touched me a little bit as a Tottenham fan, for example, it's special when they get to go play teams like Real Madrid or, Bayern Munich in the Champions League in in the Champions League right and they haven't been in the Champions League last few years and that's hurt them financially and hurt them from a from a popularity standpoint um it's special though if they were playing those teams every week it would not nearly be as special in the same way I think if Oklahoma is playing Alabama and Alabama is playing Ohio State and Texas is playing USC every single yeah, week. Yeah, I don't know, Do man. Do you really think it's going to be that special? Yeah, I, I mean I hear you. I like I hear what you're saying, but those those are the games we all want to watch, you know. Like they, I, they are, but it 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 becomes you're watering down your product a little bit. A little bit. I mean, I, I I get it, but it also I get the concept is it guarantees. Well, it's more, there's it's al- more there's like always a couple weeks. They, every, they would argue it's concentrating the product. Yeah, that would be close to their argument. By the way, add me to the Zoom call so that I can uh, see Andrew as we we have guests on, um, or just send me an invitation if you will. Um, yeah, please, please send me to your birthday party. I want to come. I hear it's going to be at the uh, fun jungle. I want to be there. God, I miss fun jungle. What a cool place that was. We're going to bring that back. Um, 
I, there's always a couple weeks during the college football season where like you genuinely don't know where college game day is going to go because you look at the schedule and you say it's dreck. I mean, it's it's just dreck, right? And so inevitably that week they're like, well, we'll go to Fargo or we'll do some some. But random... isn't that kind of but isn't that kind of kind of cool too that they're going I mean, it's, to sometimes sometimes it's needs and, and other times you're like yeah i just genuine and look i you know i i'm over the college game day. i'm too old for that i'm not watching right. college i game i day hear anymore. you i'm in the same boat right. but like, it's kind of cool that there are stories like that that get amplified on a national level i i get it i don't know what it does for them like i don't know if behind the scenes they would say yeah there's a reason why we don't do more of that it's it's because it it just doesn't drive the interest the way that we would want it. To I mean, part of the beauty of, of European soccer is that in all of these competitions, whether it's champions league or whether it's down to like the FA cup that's played in England, part of the, part of the beauty is that teams do play the, the North Dakota States at times, you know, Tottenham played earlier this year, Tottenham played a team called Marine in the FA cup. And they're a club that is like, like basically plays on a glorified middle school pitch right, up, right. In, up in, up in Liverpool. And it was such a moment, even though they weren't allowed to have fans because it's in the middle of a pandemic, it was such a moment for the for the folks in that community to be able to host a team from London that's right. in the Premier League. And they are literally on like the seventh tier of, of English football. It was such a moment for them and they got so much attention. They raised so much money um, in, into the community be, just because they were hosting this game. Folks oh, no, wanted no. to buy digital tickets. Those, those are the kinds of stories that, that you know, European football european soccer brings and those are the kinds of things that are basically trying to be eliminated by doing well, something and, like and that was what i liked about the relegation idea in baseball and drew was like what are you gonna do you're gonna have them play games in indianapolis i'm like yeah that absolutely would be, that would be amazing yeah. how cool it would, be would it be wouldn't it just like to have a one-year sentence though like what are the odds that a major league team with major league talent couldn't or wouldn't just be the best team it might in... it might very well be right but or I they think... or they may they may turn into sunderland Correct. Where they used to be a really big club and then they got relegated and then they thought they were going to go back up, but then they got relegated again. Like you don't like that's part of the, you know, it. you do it on the merit on yes. the field. You don't buy your way into a championship. That's the that's the concept. All right. Uh, our number one of the show is in the books. It was also brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let Hopefully the insurance. Answer, yeah. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your insurance deductible. C3America.com is the website for you to find out more or give them a call, 410-401-9797. That's C3 American Exteriors. Again, C3America.com. Andrew Stecka is with us this morning from um, from his location. out. And what's the weather like today in Phoenix, 107 uh, it's high of about 81 today, which is why I'm so excited. After this, I'm going to to play a little 18 holes. So yeah, this is like the, the last nice day of the year or something. No, like it's that. been. I mean, it, we have had really, really good weather. Ah, it's been go windy. f yourself. It's go. been. It's been. It's been insane. Like it was insanely windy here. I had to do. A, I had to call a soccer match last night, and it was a major impact on the match. We're you know? we're actually Arizonans have actually gone back to wearing masks just to protect themselves from the wind and the dust I, out. I, I did. You know what? I gotta be honest with you, man. I, it was really nice when I had to take the. The trash out last night that I could put the mask back up over I, my face. I'm telling you, man, I did the same exact thing. Oh, no doubt. Throw a uh, little walk down the driveway and needed a mask for it. Andrew Stecka, how would you describe Jim Henneman? Uh, Jim Henneman to me is a, a, just a mentor and a, and a and a delight to be around, and a guy who um, taught me so much about the game. I, you, Glenn, you probably don't even know this, but I sat next to Jim Henneman for many an Oriole game in the press sense. box. 
Uh, he's a man who helped teach me how to keep score of a baseball game um, and just got to hear a lot of great stories and, and great history of, of, of the Orioles and of baseball in general from this man. Well, Jim Henneman recently uh, let everybody know that he has stepped away from his duties as scorekeeper. And we're not going to call it retirement because he's still going to be working with us at Press Box. And I don't think that's ever going to end. Um, but it's a pleasure to welcome back into the program our friend, Mr. Jim Henneman, who joins us now here on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn and Kyle and Andrew Stecka. It is so great to chat with you as always, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, Andrew. Hello, pal. How are you doing? Good, good. Oh, man. It's great to hear your voice, Jim. Um, you know, it, is it weird for you right now? Like, are, are, you, are you sort of getting, like, uh, the creeps or something when a game comes by and, and you're not there taking care of business? Well, last year, last year provided a pretty good entree to that, Glenn. So, uh, you know, it was uh, it was actually pretty easy. It's gotten to be pretty easy. I mean, I <clears throat> I I don't think that I'm I'm not watching any less or anymore because uh, I always watched a lot anyhow. But uh, you know, last year being what it was, and and I was kind of incapacitated for most of the summer anyhow. So. I wouldn't have been doing much last year anyhow, so it made it easy. And, and now you're at a point where you're able to be comfortable and just watch the games. How are you watching games, Jim, like when you're just sitting at home? Are, are you are you still, like, taking notes yourself? Are you still that type that's doing stuff like that? Or are you can you just watch it as kind of background noise? Occasionally uh, I might jot something now, but I, I, don't, I, I don't have a notebook and pen in hand. Uh, but, you know – you know, there may be certain things you might you might jot down, but no, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't take it to that extreme. Jim, in the in the piece you wrote about how you got into becoming, uh, and we're going to link it up on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio. You wrote about how you got into becoming a scorekeeper, and and I thought that this one line was really fascinating, which is there's three ways to get into a box score. Um, was that literally something that you had thought about at at that point in your life as a writer? That hey man, I'd like to see my name listed in a box score at some point. You know, to be honest with you, Glenn, no, and and to and to be even more honest with you, if it's possible, uh, that popped into my head as I was writing that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I you know, uh, it had come up in at a meeting we had one time, and and somebody said, you know, it's uh, you, you know, getting getting into a box score is a is a big deal. You know, it would be a big deal as many of us may have dreamed of it sometime long. But, uh, frankly, uh, it, it just, as I was writing that, I thought, well, player, umpire, that's it. You know, they're the only other people whose names are in there. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, not something I've thought about 50 years ago or anything like that, or even, even, uh, 50 days ago, just, uh, <laughs> just happened. Jim, go ahead, Andrew. Jim, can you speak to the uniqueness of of keeping score of a game? Because the way the way I learned it was was the quote unquote Oriole way from 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 folks like you in the press box. But it really is like a like a different language, right? I mean, it's you're writing down a box score and 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 keeping score of a game pretty much however you've learned to do it, and it, and it and it becomes like secondhand to 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 however you learn it, but. Uh, everybody does it a little bit differently. How, what were some of the unique ways that, that, that you kept score and, and, and learned to do it yourself? Well, you know, the, the first thing is, is that, you know, I mean, years ago as a kid, I used to try to do it. Um, but, and, and I always emphasize this to people that, 
as long as you can read it, as long as you can understand it, it's like shorthand. Uh, yeah. You know, that's the only thing that really matters. Uh, but I, I mean, I kind of learned it from, uh, I mean, I, the, the way the Orioles, the Orioles had a, had a way like going, going back almost to the beginning of how they, uh, they, they kept a, a score thing, uh, kept the box score. And, you know, they had, they would use letters or number, you know, whatever. I use numbers more than anything. I created my own little, my own little way I could use, I could underline for a ground ball or, or do a little curly cue for what I, what I would consider a blue pit. So that could, you know, I pretty much knew I could go back and look at a box score from 10 years ago and, and say, well, this is a line drive or a ground ball or a, or a, or a, or a but, but those were like little things that, that I would do. Cause when I was writing, you know, it was, if I just put down single left, you know, single left can be a lot of different ways. So in, in order just to be as accurate as you can be, it was, it was easy enough to, uh, to differentiate between the, the different ways that a ball could be a single left. So, uh, but again, I can read mine. You can read yours. I might not be able to read yours, and you might not be able to read mine, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's yours is the only one that matters because you're the scorekeeper. That's the way that it right. goes. Jim Henneman right. is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jim, for those that don't know, go back with me for a minute. Where where did your love of baseball come from? Oh, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, just the you know, I, I grew up I grew up behind the right behind the old stadium. Um, a lot of catches in the backyard. I, I, I had a, a neighborhood of, of guys that were sort of a little bit, you know, three, four five years older than I was that, uh, kind of took me in. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I learned to, to catch and throw the ball in the, in the, in the back alley and, um, you know, it just, it just kind of went from there. I, um, I, I do know this, that by the time, you know, by the time that, there was a team ready to come to the big leagues. I mean, I was, uh, I mean, I was more than ready for it. I mean, I was, uh, I was very much into it. I'd been around a minor, I had been fortunate enough to be around a minor league team as a kid. You know, we, you kind of, with, with the team only being three blocks away, you kind of made up your mind to figure out ways to, to get in and see games. And, and, and actually along the way, actually worked in the clubhouse for a while. So uh, I had good exposure to it from the beginning, but I, I, you know, I think that the love of the game was it probably starts just just playing catch. I mean, I I really believe that. That's I mean, cool. it's uh... Jim. What the, what the, what what's the most unique thing when scoring a game that you saw? Because we all know every time we go to a baseball game, that, that it, there's there's a possibility that you're going to see something you've never seen before. What's the right. what's the one that stands out to you that? You, you even you didn't really know how you were gonna how are you gonna jot it down how you were gonna score it man you know that's that that's really that's that's tough because you know if you've if you've scored a lot of games or done a lot of games even if you, even if, i mean even if you weren't the official scorer if you're just just keeping it uh once the games are over they're over uh, i mean unless it's something that's really like unique and and like i, I point out in the and the column the one thing that's probably the most unique thing that I was involved in was a, was 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 a guy getting a seven inning save. And to be honest with you, I completely forgotten about it. Mark Jacobson was the one that pointed it out to me. He said, "Andy, you were the scorer that day." I said, "How could you get a seven inning save?" And it, and it was something that 
was kind of a freakish thing where a pitcher got thrown out of the game and with the first hitter at the plate. And, uh, but I don't remember anything. I mean, I, I didn't remember anything about that, to be honest with you, until somebody brought it up to me. So I'm not sure I knew that was possible, Jim. <laughs> I'm not sure I Well, knew. I mean, in, 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 in retrospect, as I point out, I mean, it's one of those things where you might go back and look at it and say, well, but, you know, the guidelines are there, and, and, and the, the guy that was actually the winning pitcher pitched two or, you know, pitched two innings in, uh, in the beginning of the game when the, when the lead was established, and it just – it just kind of flowed from there. The guy that came into the game was into the game when it was kind of actually well in hand. So you could make an argument to give him the win, I guess, but in theory, uh, he already had a lead. You know, it was a little bit different. So, um, it, it, you know, it's kind of goofy. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you know, every every call is every call is its own has its own uh, own mark in some ways because. Uh, it, it really, uh, I don't really, know, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, an error is an error, it hits a hit, wall pitch is a wall pitch, pass ball is a pass ball, uh, and they're they're all unique in their own way. You know, I I, I don't really think that um, there's any one particular, I'm, and I'm sure that, that that I'm forgetting something, that there's probably some bizarre. Uh, case but frankly nothing that really stands out in my mind other other than the fact that point out i never had a no hitter you know i I never scored a no hitter even though i had a lot of games that went into the seventh eighth ninth innings but uh never and saw many saw a few no hitters but never scored one that's so random right they just happened to not be working then when it was like a day of nomo or whoever it was over the years that threw a no hitter here um, uh, Jim, before I let you go, because you're watching games at home now, um, there's been a lot of uh, commentary about the broadcast. Is there anything that you'd be willing to share with us, your thoughts about watching games from home from the broadcast? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, and I've heard some of it, you know, I said, you know, I, and I, I'm as disappointed as anybody that Gary Thorne is not around and I miss Jim Hunter and, and, uh, you know, we, we all get used to it, but you you really got to give people a chance, you know, to grow on you a little bit. I mean, I you know I think that uh, it's and especially the way they're doing it now. I mean to to try to 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 do a, a a radio broadcast or a telecast when you're sitting and watching the television and a game being played somewhere else. There there is there is nothing like being there. I don't care, you know, what, what we say. I mean, it looks it looks easy to us, but. Uh, but you know, I th- I mean, I think these guys are doing uh, they're doing a good job. I mean, Scott, you know, Scott has been around. He's done this, yeah, he did this for a lot of years. And uh, but he's a, he's a different voice from from the other guys. And I think I think uh, Jeff Arnold and Kevin Brown are going to be fine. And, and Melanie and but you know, you just got to give them a chance to grow into to, to grow into the job and 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 do the job. They're all going to have have their strengths and their weaknesses. I I think we all know that we all, we all know that in our own in their own little professions, but, uh, yeah, I, I've, you know, I, I, I really have a problem is I, is I, I tell people, Hey, turn the television on, turn the sound down and, and record together. Just go ahead and try it one day. Tell yeah, me see how, see you, how you're yeah. doing, right? It's, tough, it's a very, very tough job. <laughs> no doubt about that. It really is. 
Jim Hanneman, uh, I, it always means the world to me when you reach out uh, with a kind word, man. I, I, I hope that you know how significant that is uh, for me to hear from you. I've always appreciated that over the years. And uh, I'd say happy retirement, but I know there's no such thing as retirement for you. And well, I hope not, Glenn. I mean, I hope to, as I told somebody, you know, you know, I don't know, you probably are not old enough to remember this, but a whole lot of years ago, somebody decided that they were going to change the the makeup of the keyboard, and uh, and and I, so I, and I said, you know, that fortunately didn't last too long. So I said, as long as they don't change the keyboard, and, uh, and I can still go on. Hopefully, and and a couple of ideas keep flowing. Why? I hope to do it. You know, hey, look, I'm not doing as much as I used to, and I, I think it's it's good that I got a, an outlet there. It's fun to, um, I mean, it, it, it says something about the fact that I said I was going to retire or I retired from, from someplace. It, it got more looks than anything else I wrote in the last whatever. <laughs> I guess it's a compliment in one way, but, uh, uh, you know, the bottom line is, um, you know, I still enjoy, I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. I enjoy uh, watching other guys do it. I, I had a, it's been a good run. I love that it was, uh, uh, I feel like I could still keep on doing it, but the time has come. Well, you know, we will, uh, and, uh, we'll be reading. I promise you that everything okay. that you write at pressboxonline.com, we'll be reading it. Jim Hanneman, thank you so much as always, my friend. Appreciate you joining us this morning. My pleasure guys. T- take care now. Keep up the good Congrats, work. Any. Jim Hanneman, uh, a legend, of course, and a, a titan in the Baltimore baseball community who's, again, just stepping away from uh, scoring games is is what he's going to do. He's going to continue writing for us at PressBoxOnline.com. I did not, you know, I, it makes so much sense that he was a major impact in your life, Andrew, but I just did not know that because we'd never talked about it over the years. It, it was typically him, Dave McGowan, the PA announcer, and Henny on the other side of McGowan. So it, that was typically the way the, the seating arrangement worked out there in the press box. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. All right, we are in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Uh, Kyle and I are here. Andrew Steck is out in Phoenix and joining us this morning here on GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary, and they have an amazing menu to celebrate that 25th anniversary. There is nothing I recommend more than the smoky thigh wings. I cannot say say it enough. They're unbelievable. I just keep ordering more. The zucchini fries, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with the ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Find out more at glorydaysgrill.com. Let's switch gears. Coming up this Saturday at noon, the Maryland football spring game down in College Park. Um, if you didn't get your tickets, unfortunately, you're out of luck. They're gone. But the game is going to stream live on the Fox Sports app, and then later on on Saturday you'll be able to watch it on Big Ten Network. Joining us now, a man who uh, we got to see last year, and we're very excited about what's to come. He is Maryland linebacker Ruben Hippolyte, and he joins us now here on GCR. Ruben, it's Glenn and Kyle and Andrew. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. I appreciate you guys for having me. Hope y'all are doing well. Hope all is well. And the very, the very same to you and your family, dude. Hope everything is going all right. Um, it, with that in mind, can you describe what the last 12 months of your life has been like as you have kind of launched your college football career and – in the midst of all of this craziness and, and are you starting to feel like, you know, we're, we're getting to a place where it's going to be normal. You get to play a spring game on Saturday and there could be something special coming this fall. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like the last four months, uh, it's been great for me. 
just it's been a great learning experience for me. Um, I've been able to learn a lot, learn so much uh, from a lot of different people. And uh, like you said about the spring game this Saturday, I'm very excited. Um, you know, we'll be able to have fans again uh, back in the shell, and it'll just be a great day and just uh, football and just fellowship. You know, so uh, I'm excited for that. And I can't wait to get uh, you know, can't wait to get to Saturday. Ruben, let me go back for a second with you, because um, we haven't had any opportunity to chat. Why why was Maryland a place for you? Young man from Florida, weather's warm, a lot of great programs down that way. What was it about Maryland that made you say, yeah, I'll come up and, and have to buy a couple of coats to get me through these next few years? <laughs> Most definitely. Uh, it was really two things that led me to choose Maryland. Uh, first and foremost, I wanted to be different, really, because, you know, for my area, a lot of people – um, they look at the big time schools and look at the, you know, they just look at the hype and I really didn't want to follow all that. I wanted to go somewhere where, you know, I can make a difference and I can really, you know, be the change and be the face of that organization, if you will. And, you know, the second thing was Coach Locks's vision. Um, you know, I really liked, you know, where he wanted to go with the program and, um, you know, I had faith in his vision and I really, you know, I was able to, you know, talk to him and, really see where his head was at and I, you know, me and him, we met on the same level and, um, you know, I have the utmost respect for him and, you know, he's a great guy, great coach and, you know, uh, I appreciate him for just giving me the opportunity to come to Maryland and, you know, do just that, you know, be myself and be the change, so. Ruben, speak to that a little bit more with, with Coach Loxley because obviously there's a lot of excitement following, you know, the abbreviated season last year, but what? how excited are you guys to get back to work obviously coming up this weekend and, and, and going into next season behind coach Loxley, because I know Maryland fans are, are, are excited for, for the little bit that they've seen from, from his return to college park. Uh, speak to, speak to, you know, what coach Loxley is, is leading you guys into in what's obviously a really tough conference in the big 10. No, definitely. Um, I think what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, coach Loxley wants the best for each and every person in this building um, from the players all the way to the staff. Uh, he just wants the best for each and every person. And, you know, he he does everything, you know, in his power to make sure that, you know, he's leading us the right way and he's setting the right example um, just for us to be great. I'm saying he preaches every day, just be 1% better, you know, be better today than you were yesterday and just keep stacking chips and stacking days and just keep getting better um, in, in every aspect of your life, whether it's in class, in the classroom, on the field, just, you know, apply yourself daily. Um, and maximize, you know, every, and maximize every every ounce of time that you get, and just make the most of everything. So, you know, with that message that he preaches, um, it just allows us as players, allows us, allows allows the coaches, allows the staff, just to put their best foot forward every day. And that's why, you know, we'll be able to do, you know, great things um, in the near future um, in this conference. So. He is Maryland linebacker Ruben Hippolyte. He's with us here on GCR again. The spring game is Saturday at noon. Ruben, you know, you making your debut a season ago, and, and I'm going to specifically go to the Penn State game, right? And I get that you guys had so few games that you were able to play, but can you describe what that was like to be able to go to somewhere like Penn State, have the game that you had that day, get a win against a team that Maryland has so rarely beaten over the years, and how much that meant to, to this group in believing what you're capable of doing now moving forward? Well, definitely, Penn State game was probably um, top five on my list for the best thing that's ever happened in my life, uh, <laughs> best experience. Um, you know, coming into that game, um, you know, freshman, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I was just coming into work every day, just, you know, 
waiting for a shot to, you know, just make big time plays like like, like I knew I could, especially on this collegiate level. Um, so, you know, coming into that game, you know, practice throughout the week, I was just so focused and locked in on doing my job and just envisioning myself making big plays. Um, so, you know, coming into that game, making the plays I made, I envisioned that, that I envisioned making those plays that whole entire week. Um, so I was just grateful for the opportunity that I was given, you know, by the staff um, on the defensive side of the ball and Coach Lockford, you know, um, seeing that in me, you know, throughout the week and just, um, you know, drawing that up for me and just uh, putting me in the position to make plays, really. That was, um, that was the biggest thing for me. And just me capitalizing on that, um, you know, I was very proud of myself for, you know, building up the courage and building up the, you know, uh, the grit and the will, if, uh, if you will, just to go out there and do that. And um, as far as getting that win as a team, um, it was really a great team experience. It was a great team win. You know, we played great. We played great, you know, team ball on both sides of the ball. Um, and in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, it was just a great team win. And, you know, it built confidence in everyone that, you know, we can really do special things and we can really, you know, beat anybody that, you know, steps in front of us. So. Are you excited or a little bit apprehensive about the fact that you got to be 1% better the next time you guys play Penn State? Man, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I'm always excited. I'm always excited to get better. You know, I know that, you know, every time you play an opponent, they're going to put their best foot forward just like we will. Um, and, you know, that's just, that's just you know, the excitement. That comes with the excitement. That comes with the love of the game. Um, you know, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of football. You know, every team is going to bring their best. Um, Saturday in and Saturday out. So, you know, we just got to be ready for that. And, you know, like I said, I'm excited. Man. I just, you know, can't wait to, you know, get that, you know, rolling. So. Ruben Hippolyte with us here on GCR. The spring game is Saturday. Ruben, we're not going to get to see uh, Terrence Lewis on Saturday, unfortunately, because of the ACL. But in, in, in getting to see maybe the little bit that you have of him, do you have a feel for how good this young man is going to be and how exciting it's going to be lined up next to him uh, moving forward in your guys' careers? Most definitely. Uh, Terrence is a great player. Um, I watched him, you know, playing uh, back home because we're, we're technically from the same area. So, you know, watching him play ball and just, you know, the physicality he brings to the game, um, the love he has for the game, the instincts he has. I mean, it inspires me, you know, him being a young guy, him having the juice, him having, you know, the energy. Um, you know, it energizes me as well, you know, and I feed off that, the team feeds off that. Um, so, in the near future, he's going to be a, he's going to be a big piece um, for us, and he's going to be a big you know reason why you know defensively we'll be a great team. Um, you know, and yeah, he's going to be a big player for us. You you committed before we knew that Talia Tungavailoa was going to be a quarterback here at the University of Maryland, and I'm not I'm not trying to, to to throw any shade at anybody else, but can you speak to you know getting to see him, getting to you know see how he commanded this team? and how much more faith it gave in you that this was going to be somewhere where you're going to be able to succeed knowing that that young man was slinging the ball on the other side of the field. Yeah, most definitely. Um, when Talia came in, you know, I just watched him, how he worked and how he led, you know, the offensive side of the ball. And um, like I said before, I just, you know, um, anytime I see a great leader, I just, you know, follow behind them and, you know, steal things from them, leadership calls from them so it can be me a better leader. Um, so, you know, throughout throughout offseason workouts and things like that, I just watch how he led his group, like how he just, you know, was so assertive and so, you know, headstrong on, you know, being that big-time leader. And, you know, that helped me, um, you know, lead my side of the ball as a linebacker, you know, 
leading the whole defense, you know, leading leading the whole unit that helped me. Um, and you know, you know, we're we're um, we're good buddies, so you know, we talk on a day to day. That's cool. Um, you know, we we just talk we just talk about you know ball life, you know. So just learning from him, um, it was really a great um, you know addition to our team. And, you know, to me personally, because, you know, he makes me better day in and day out, um, going against him in practice, um, just seeing what he sees um, and just talking to him. I mean, it's, it's great. It's going to make it's making us better as a team. And, you know, those are the steps and those are the type of players we need in this program to take us to big heights. So, uh, that's awesome. yeah, he's a great guy, a great player. That's awesome. All right, before I let you go, we got it. we're in Baltimore, so we have to talk a little bit about Ray Lewis. Um, no, definitely. <laughs> you, why, why did he become such a significant figure in your life? And can I assume, like I know you participate in the Ray Lewis Academy, can I assume that you've had the opportunity to meet Ray at some point, have a conversation with him over the years? Yeah, so I've, I've been to his uh, academy twice, and I won the MVP my second time going there. Um, so, you know, Ray Lewis is the type of guy where, you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeves and it's in a good way. Like, you know, he shows like the way he carries himself and the way he plays the game, um, you know, you gravitate towards that and people will, people will, will do anything for that guy on the field. And, you know, that's who I aspire to be every day. Um, you know, while I'm on the practice field, while we're doing scrimmages, games, whatever, like, I just want to be that voice, you know? Um, so, like I said, I, I, I was able to sit down with him. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to sit down and have conversations with him at, you know, during his academy. Um, and, you know, he knows of me through the recruiting process, you know, because, you know, the University of Miami and stuff like that. So he knows of me. Um, and it, it was just great to know that he was able to know of me and he was able to know what I was about, you know, because really, you know, growing up playing the game, football, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's really the first person you look to, um, you know, to, to, to get that, to gain that inspiration. Um, so, like I said, it was just great, you know, getting to know him and just talking to him. And um, like I said, he's an individual that I just wanted, that I just aspire to be like, you know, just to grab some of his traits and just bring them on and instill them into my game. You know, I try to do that each and every day. Um, so he's a he's definitely a great inspiration for me. Is there any chance that you do a Ray Lewis impression that you'd be willing to share with us? Any chance of that? I feel like if I do that, he'll come out of retirement. <laughs> so I just, so I just, I mean, I mean, I, you you might you may see it, you may not. Uh, okay. It might be it might be an um you know an in the moment thing. Um, but yeah, most definitely. Um, I'll keep that in mind next time I'm out there. Young Lion, what would you lay down for the man next to you? Young Lion. <laughs> God, I love Ray Lewis. For That's sure. awesome, man. Well, Ruben Hippolyte, great to chat with you, dude. Let's get some plugs in. Twitter, Instagram, where are Maryland fans giving you a follow um, uh, right well, definitely. now? Uh, so on Instagram, it's Ruben Knows, R-U-B-E-N-K-N-O-W-S. And on Twitter, it's Ruben Knows one R U B E N K N O W S one. You can follow me on those two social media outlets. Um, you know, and you know, let's have some fun. No doubt, let's get ready for some football. We can't wait to see you on Saturday. And really, I, I think we speak for all Maryland fans. There is a lot of excitement about what you guys are doing right now and what could be coming for a program. We've been waiting a long time, and so uh, it could be really special what you guys are capable of, man. Ruben, thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Enjoy the day Saturday, and we'll talk to you as we get towards the fall. All right. It's once again, I appreciate y'all for having me. Thank you. Ruben Hippolyte, University of Maryland linebacker. Appreciate him hopping on with us again. The spring game is coming up this Saturday.
All right. Today's show brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Stack, when we come back in, I want to talk more about uh, the broadcaster thing. Uh, I got some huh? I got some flack from Orioles fans because I had the audacity to just really semi-defend Scott Garceau in a column <laughs> this week. It wasn't even like I was going over the top in my defense of Scott Garceau. I just semi-defended him to try to make a bigger point about broadcasts, and Orioles fans have been screaming at me in the comments ever since then. So I want to talk with you about that, and, and I want to try to do it fairly, right? Because you know, yeah, these, are, these are people that we know, so let's have that conversation when we come back in. Andrew Stecka is uh, with us this morning. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Still to come on today's program, Ian Martinez, incoming Maryland transfer to play basketball from Utah. He's going to check in with us as well. It's Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for every 
18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho, Le Champion, AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Andrew Stecka is hanging out with us this morning via Zoom from out in Phoenix, Arizona. Today's show also brought to you by KNS Automotive right here in Hamden for over 40 years. KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service, and that's everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work. They've got you covered. Give them a call right now, 410-235-6660, or go to knsimports.com. That's K-N-S-Automotive, K-N-S-Imports.com. All right, Andrew Steck, I wrote a column earlier this week at PressBoxOnline.com in defense of Scott Garceau, and it wasn't to say that I think Scott Garceau is Gary Thorne. I do not. It certainly wasn't to say that uh, I think Scott Garceau is the long-term permanent answer as Orioles play-by-play voice. It was more to make two comments, the first being I I think we we should be willing to – this is Scott Garceau we're talking about. I think we should be, right. as, as Baltimore sports fans, a little bit more willing – to if we're going to give anyone the benefit of the doubt, it should be the guy that actually truly cares about our community and you know was friends with Mo Gabba and you know came here and made his home here and loved here and while yes, will every now and then remind you that he's like a big Packers fan for the most <laughs> part has has completely and fully adopted Baltimore as being his home. Um, and the secondary part being that I don't think anyone is willing to consider just how difficult it is to do this job right now. And and that's because when you're doing away games, and it, everybody was furious about, um, and I, God, I've already forgotten who it was. Was it Galvis that hit the home run in Texas the other night that he butchered the call on? Whoever, I believe it was. Whoever it was, it was, it was not. It was a rough call. Now, it wasn't. It, I have heard far worse. It was a a stutter, essentially. It was a... Um and it oh it's gone like you know it was it wasn't like he uh and that one's down for a base hit oh wait did it get it wasn't it wasn't that egregious but it was it was a miss there's no doubt it was a miss call um and and it's incredibly difficult to do this job when you're not there and you're not feeling the moment um as I said like the, the biggest complaint that I think the most regular complaint that I've seen about Scott Garceau is he doesn't his calls don't match the moment and my point is well no one when you're calling a game that's happening somewhere else in the world when you're not there you're not feeling the moment and you can't match the moment no matter who you are it's not something that can be done in the comments and it's been it's been 
one of of all the pieces I've written over the years at Pressbox, I have gotten about as much feedback on this one as I've gotten on just about any. I have gotten back, yeah, well, it's just as bad when they're at home, which I don't think it actually is. I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to tell you that Scott Garceau is Gary Thorne at home, but I don't think it is. I think it is better when they're at home and they're there. Um, I think the, 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 the generic low energy complaint is different when it's at home and frankly is different because we still don't really have big crowds and, and feeling there's not a moment to experience still since Scott Garceau has taken back over as Orioles play by play voice. There has been an entirety of one game that even had a quarter of a crowd that he's been able to call from on location. So I do think that that has been a factor in all of this. And again, it's not me trying to sell you that Scott Garceau is great. It's that I think Scott Garceau has been fine in the context that it's a very difficult job to do right now and everyone's struggling with it. Um, Where are you with not just Scott Garceau, but the entire Orioles broadcast crew at this point? Well, first of all, I'll say, is there anything less threatening than being a Packers fan? I don't know that there is. There's nothing wrong with the fact that he doesn't even obsess over it, by the way. It'll it'll, it'll come up. And in fairness, I let me say this the right way. I did. I was not a regular listener. Don't don't tell Jeremy. I was not a regular (laughs) listener. Of and it's not it's I don't regularly listen to sports radio like that's when I you know when I did sports radio I didn't regularly listen to it I didn't I didn't I just it's not my thing necessarily it's just my vocation um, but when I would tune in and I I did you know like when I was in the car I might say I'm gonna flip over and see you know what those guys are doing uh, enough that I knew you know how funny Jeremy was enough enough that I was aware of who Mo was all of those things. I would every now and then hear a reference from Scott about growing up in Wisconsin and being a Packers fan, but it was never it never seemed as it came over as overbearing. Like I have to remind you that I'm from somewhere else that's not Baltimore and there's something that's more important in my life than Baltimore. I, I first of all, I agree with all the points that you made in your piece and how difficult it is to call a game remotely, all of those things. I also think that part of this and, and look, I can't, I'm not there. And I don't also don't listen to, you know, after afternoon drive radio in Baltimore. I think some of this is that people miss him in that role. Uh, that's at least what I've heard from, from some folks. I think some of this is that people wish he would have stayed that people enjoy it. He and Jeremy in the afternoons. Um, I think that there's also a little bit of resentment as to who is currently following, filling that spot. I think there's a little bit of animosity toward toward the way that all of that went down okay at least that's at least that's what i've heard um i think that i think that scott in this role has been like you said he's been challenged by a a shortened season with no fans and now and calling games remotely when they're on on the road and now kind of doing it even with just some fans but also calling road games on the road um there's also something to be said for chemistry with whoever you are whoever your color person is that kind of thing takes time mm-hmm. to build up. Um, and we all know that Gary Thorne had great chemistry with Jim Palmer, for example, um, and even had decent chemistry really with, did. Mike, Mike, with Mike Bordick. We, we can't um, say that enough. It got so much better over the it years. It got very, very good. Right. With, with, and, and, and you even have had Bordick on your show and acknowledge that. In the I mean, I've, adult, I've, I've told him. I'm like, yeah, dude, you, I'm told just, him, you told him straight up with you. Like when it, when it started, we all know it was rough. It was rough, and I don't, you know, I Bordick has admitted to it. Like it was rough, yeah. But to where it got, it was, you know, Very look, good. there's not, 
there will be very few things in my life that will compare to spending three hours with Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer, right? Like right. That, that that's a delight that's it's very hard to, to replicate. But it got to the point where you didn't roll your eyes when it was Thorne and Bordick. You said, Okay, cool. You know, like let's 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 go. Let's do it. It's, there's a there's a greater conversation that can be had about why the organization, you know, kind of churned things as much as they did with the broadcast team, obviously. Um, and, and I won't get into that, but, but speaking specifically to what we're seeing now, yeah, there are some games where I'm going to just turn the volume down and watch. Cause I can, I have the ability to do that. I can watch a game while listening to a podcast or watch the game while even watching something else on my computer or something. I can do that and have it kind of on more as background, not even noise, but just background, something to look at while I'm paying attention uh, to, to how a game is going. Um, but, but there's also times where I want to really dive in and, 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 and listen. And, and yeah, it's been a struggle at times. Like, I don't think there's any, um, any getting around that. I've also listened to quite a few games on the radio where at times it's been a struggle there too. Um, you know, in the middle of the day, if I'm, if I'm listening, you know, working and, and listening to the game on the radio, Sometimes it's tough to really get into the flow of a there, game. There and was this... a game, and I, you know, the last year was so weird. There was a game last year that ended on a play at the plate, and I happened to be listening to the game on the radio that day instead of watching. And it was, and I, and I'm I'm not going to say who it was because it, you know, it, I, I want to make a bigger point. It was a truly horrendous call yeah. for a game that ended on a play at the plate, right? Like that should be one of the most dramatic. But that's the problem. It wasn't happening in Baltimore. It was happening somewhere else. And they were watching and trying to redescribe something that was happening in the past. There is no possible way to make that call match that moment. It can't be done. You and again, I think right. that, I think that some guys are doing really yeoman's work in calling games on TV. Like that that they're making yeah, it sound sure. as best as it possibly can. But there is no one that can call a game off a of TV and make it feel the same as someone who's actually there experiencing the moment. Are you referencing a game? Do you said it was a game last year or yeah, earlier it was, this year? It was last year. Cause there was another one earlier this year that also ended on a play at the plate that had a horrendous radio call. Okay. I don't know if you saw I, that one. I did. And again, I won't mention who it was, but it was a horrendous call and it was, it was cringeworthy to listen to knowing what you saw on, on, on the television and, right. the, and the way that the game ended and heard the call. It's cringeworthy, but to your point, you can't you can't match a moment when you're not there, and it's it's just difficult to to kind of wrap your head around. And I know, and I know you said you've done it for for DC United trying to to call a game off of a monitor. Um, I, I think it's 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 difficult to even fathom trying to do that. And look, you're not always getting the right camera angles you need. You're not getting maybe a view of this or that. I was watching a game last night. <laughs> Ironically enough, I was watching a local broadcast of an Arizona State Grand Canyon University baseball game. Okay. Now this was be- this was not being called remotely, but there was still it's a lower level college baseball stadium. It was at being played at Grand Canyon University, which is a a, a whack team. And not all the he camera doesn't, angles. He doesn't mean like they're whack. They're in no, the, they're, I don't mean they're, they're whack. They're in the whack. In the, I was aware. They're in the Western yeah, Athletic I was aware. Conference. Right. Well, I wasn't necessarily speaking to you. I yeah, was you speaking were. to the, the No, the, that was for Royal Kyle. That was, that was for Kyle. Well, he, thought that was, he thought that comment was whack. No, yeah. I was well um, aware. Yeah. But not all the camera angles were there. And even though the broadcaster was in the ballpark, there, was an in, there were certain instances where a guy would go first to third on a base hit, but the scoring graphic 
had it at still at second, a couple of pitches into the next at bat. And you, and then it moved him to third and you're like, wait a second, what just happened? And so these things, you know, you don't always have the camera angles you need is the grander point in order the to grand see valley. what's going. It was Grand, grand Canyon. Canyon Valley. Grand Canyon. Canyon. Just Grand point. Canyon. No valley involved in all. Well, all. maybe we'll start it. Although technically, I guess uh, Phoenix is a valley. So you know, you're welcome. there's something yeah. to be said for that. Exactly. Look, I you know I think that there the question that fans are asking is should there be more Kevin Brown on TV? Like it should you know if we have to accept the fact that it's never going to be Gary Thorne again, which is sad, but that's what it is. That should the Orioles be transitioning to more Kevin Brown doing TV? And I think big picture the answer is probably yes, right? Like I think that in the world in which TV is the most important. But once upon a time, radio was the broadcast, right? And TV was this other thing that they did. Obviously, those days are come and gone. Your TV play-by-play voice is now the most important broadcaster that a right. team has with you know some extraordinarily rare exceptions that, that might still exist somewhere that I'm not thinking about. Um, but should Kevin Brown move into that role as the primary TV play-by-play guy? Yeah, I think my answer would be probably. Does that need to happen next week? No, I don't think so. But and, in, and I can pretty definitively tell you that there are no plans to do that in the near future. I mean, I I, I believe that, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I think that's a pretty obvious statement, but, right. but from I mean, what I know, there's Scott Carso is the main guy and is going to be the main guy. And look, like you said, we all love Scott Garso. I think, I do think there is, and, and this is just from what I've heard. Like I said, I don't listen to, I didn't really listen to a lot of Scott and Jeremy, um, I guess back in the day, you know, we're talking 10 plus years ago when they were on the air, I did when I still lived in Maryland, but since I've, I've been out here, I didn't really listen to their show. I certainly don't listen to what, what's on there currently, but I know that there is a little bit of, um, I guess animosity. Yeah. There's a, there's a, the, the people have a problem with Jason. There's a, there's a, yeah. there's a problem with Jason that exists that sometimes I think is unfair. I like, I, I get where some of it comes from. The 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 only part that I can that I can say, yeah, I totally get is, you know, Jason having claimed to be a Red Sox fan for so much of his life, and then suddenly, right, being an Orioles homer, like it's, I get why that absolutely turns Orioles fans off and makes them say, I'm I'm not interested in at at all and anything this man says. I think the part we try to pick and choose what we want to dunk on on the internet, we do to our own edification and forget that we all have have bad takes or things that we were wrong yes. about or whatever. I, I don't... You know, like oatmeal raisin being better than yes, chocolate that, No, it, it, anybody who says <laughs> otherwise obviously is an idiot and should be hung in effigy. That's just the way that it goes. Um, but I, that part I don't... I will never join in on. There, there are tweets... Everybody's got bad tweets or no, incorrect I, I, tweets I, or something along those lines. So I agree with you. and I, But I think, I think people miss... I think people miss Scott and Jeremy in that slot. <laughs> like, well, I think there's right, but I, that, and that's unfair too, right? Because I think like, it's like dad leaving and a stepdad coming in that you don't like. You know that. Well, but kind that, of but thing. that, I, I, I have not. You know what? I have not gotten that specific. I think that this sense has been more about Jason specifically. That I have felt could way be. more and of a, could a Jason thing, um, either because people are turned off by, you know, him, the bravado of someone who does national TV trying to feel like a big deal. Or more, I, I, I have felt way more animosity from Orioles fans towards sure. Jason, and I have no always seemed to think that that is related to his, you know, doing this weird transformation when the Orioles started winning again, um, and when he wanted to be a, a big deal in Baltimore, of, of going from being someone who proclaimed themselves to be a Red Sox fan 
to, yeah. you know, sort of trying to pretend like he's always been an Orioles fan and a lifelong guy and the whole thing. And I, and it's weird. And I can't, I can't shake that. And, you know, I've never, I don't care enough about, this is one, I, I've talked to Jason a million times. I don't give a rat's ass about this. So I've never, no. it's never come up with me in talking to Jason about it. But for Orioles fans and from a you know, fairly Napoleonic uh, community, I, <laughs> I, I get it. I, oh, really? Well, we are. We have to acknowledge that. We no, are. No, I'm, I'm, like, I'm saying you, you, you don't say. Yeah. Baltimore has I mean, we got, a, we got a bit of a thing. Um, I do, I do get it. And it's by the like, way, that is something, I don't know if you got any of this when you moved out here to Arizona the, for the couple of years that you were out here, that is something that is, you don't really realize when you're in the thick of it, but when you see it from afar, you see it from afar. Yeah, you do. You do. You see more. Well, okay. I think part of it is it's, it's like smelling your own farts. You know what I mean? Correct. Like, Correct. You, you can't when you're in the middle of it. It's really hard to recognize because I do think it's very much like smelling your own it's, farts. It's, I'm glad you put it. I that mean, way. thank you. It's so it was the comparison that Jeremy made the other day. What did he say? It was like shower sex. Uh, the double hook rule is like yeah. shower sex. I'm like, you know what, man? You're on to something. I didn't That's bring, a good call. I didn't bring that up with Blyer yesterday. Maybe I should have gone down that road <laughs> with him and see what he thought about. Maybe that. it's different for left-handers. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Which the part? same for right. The double hook or the shower let's, sex. Let's yeah. not. Let's not. You're saying the shower part. sex right. is more pleasant for left-handers. <laughs> that, that I don't know. I don't know how that works, but shower, I would like to know how's more. How's the shower set up? You know, like what's the layout? <laughs> My wife is left-handed. I don't think that's that's changed. Didn't much solve your problem. Here's a weird bit. I have on my father's side i have two male cousins i have two female cousins and a sister i have two male cousins so there's this gonna be a jeremy story no no nothing like that so there's three males uh three females my two male cousins we were together recently and i don't remember what how it came up we all married left-handers is that a weird bit that seems like that's kind of weird right statistical anomaly i suppose like what there's three of us we are all married to left-handers. Go figure. Go That's figure how that worked out. And, then and none of them we are We were athletes, trying to right? figure out... Uh, Can any of them pitch? The Orioles need to know. Yeah, no, I don't think they're going to be able to help in that department. <laughs> I'm trying to, there's an argument that my wife, because she's a writer, might be the, the best athlete of the three of them. Um, but I was like, That's got, does that say something about us? Like, does somebody... No. Would a psychiatrist step in and say? I don't think there's any sort of like pheromonal about, difference between right-handers and left-handers. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you guys just no like idea. weirdos. Y- what? Huh? <laughs> all the only people I've ever known to be left-handers are old people. Like my dad is a left-hander. <laughs> I believe. I, 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 <laughs> young people. I, I, I believe. I have a grandmother that's a. Well. I have a grandmother who's a left-hander. You ever played with a lefty, like in baseball? Yeah, but like I'm talking about people close to me, like in my life. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is far Yeah, different. I phased most lefties out. That, by was, the way, that was on purpose, you know? I didn't really want to keep them around. By the way, I grabbed a pair of sunglasses. Again, your children's? And I, they are my children's sunglasses. I've done I did that notice they again. were kind of small. They are my children's sunglasses. In fact, they're from the fine folks at uh, Nickelodeon. They were a giveaway. Oh, that's uh, good. Something that we got with the, that we bought a SpongeBob shirt or something like that. And they threw in some sunglasses. All right, we got to take one more break. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular, and then we'll hear from Ian Martinez, incoming Maryland transfer from Utah. We will talk to him about why he's coming to College Park. Today's show brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. Stand the Fan and Gary Stein caught up with Jim Ferry from UMBC last night, new head coach there. If you missed that, you can find it right now by going to PressBoxOnline.com or under the Videos tab at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, where you can also find the chat that they had earlier this week 
with Mike Boddicker, Orioles legend. That's available in those same spots. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com. Stan Shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com. Come back in, wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Ruling with Great Ace Memorabilia. I want to invite you out to Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, on Thursday, April 29th from 7 until 10 p.m. as we raise money for Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. The NFL Draft Party is going to be hosted by Baltimore running back Gusta Bus Edwards, and this is a free, family-friendly event good for everyone to come to. Meet and greet tickets are on sale at missionticks.com or Great Ace Memorabilia. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best A minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis's career and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. URL. 
All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box as we are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Is there anything that we needed to talk about this morning that we didn't get to? Am I forgetting about anything? Andrew Stecka is still with us uh, from out in Phoenix. Am I, was I don't there, believe so. Topically, I mean, there wasn't anything in the last 24 hours that like really mattered. I. I don't have much interest in talking about like LeBron James' tweet and the backlash to it. It's just not something no, that interests me. No, I did me. see that this morning. No, yeah, I mean, it doesn't. That, those are, those are the kinds of things that are going to happen when <laughs> when what's happening in the world is happening. Yeah, I, look, man, you know, I, I, Raiders did worse. I mean, the Raiders. Well, you know, LeBron, it's really LeBron interesting about that. There, there are some people around George Floyd that are now saying like that they don't have a problem. With they don't the have Raiders a problem team. with it because of the explanation that Mark Davis gave, where he was literally quoting George Floyd's brother. But like, I, I it still seemed way over. I, yeah. Like, it still seems like certain, yeah, correct. Not your place. You, you don't need to stick a Raiders right. logo on that and try right. to brand that way, even right. even if it's not as offensive as yeah, no, some people are trying to make it out to be. It's it's just not necessary and not something that you should probably. Nobody's be doing. looking for the Raiders comments on this. Yes, not not something that I was sitting around saying, but you know that's an awkward thing too. Like I didn't really, I have no interest in talking about Brett Favre. I have no, I just don't have any interest in talking about anybody's reaction Agreed. to any of this. I just don't, I don't think it matters all that much, frankly. I think that well, we would be in a better and, place if we could and those actually directly affected. I have interest in hearing those. Well, I think yes, right. I think the things that matter are right. the things we should talk about. What LeBron James tweeted or what Brett no Favre said on a on podcast, I. Right. I'm not going to change what's going on here. I, I think that distracts us from the actual problems at hand. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that is actually beneficial, having those conversations. So I typically tend to not do that. Um, I, I want us to actually improve as a people. Crazy thought. You know, who knows if it might be able to happen. So instead, let's get a tidbit. Let's <laughs> do that. <laughs> That's very important. Very important. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Tidbit of the day. So, since last Friday, only Bryce Harper and Joey Wendell have been worth more wins above replacement than Freddie Galvis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's random, but... How do you like that, Glenn? I, sure. Go, go, Freddie Galvis. <laughs> and you well, wanted Richie Martin. Right, I wanted Richie Martin. Well, if Corbin Burns... I said Burns, he might accidentally win you a game or two at some <laughs> point. I, that was my point. If Corbin Burns had pitched twice in that span, he probably would have been ahead of him. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but maybe some people haven't even heard of yeah, Corbin I think Burns. there's a lot of people that haven't heard of Corbin Burns. He started Corbin his season. Corbin Burnson? Wasn't he on major, in Major yes, League? Yes, uh, Corbin Burns. Yeah, that's the guy. Same exact guy. I uh, actually picked the Brewers when I thought they could hit still. Uh, first overall in my draft. They got pitching. They got pitching. And they do have pitching. Corbin Burns has been tremendous. 40 strikeouts, not a single walk to start the year. Four starts for him, all of which have produced at least nine strikeouts how incredible has it been well look at and, these numbers and people criticized roger doran when he activated himself they said not necessary stay in the owner's box and as it turns out 40 to nothing strikeout to walk ratio after his last start that was slightly better than javier baez's strikeout to walk ratio of 31 to 1 
although he is a hitter, so yeah. you know, not exactly as desirable. Yes, correct. From a little, his perspective, a little bit different. Corbin Burns, is it really thirty-one to one, could be worse now. Has Jesus ten Christ. hitters this season have had a three-ball count. To him, he was good. Let's not focus on Javi Baez I'm here. So, I can't get over it. Thirty-one to one. Ten hitters all season have had a three-ball count. Against the Corbin Burns. That's what they call him. The Corbin Burns. Yeah. Chicken Corbin Burns. I don't think anybody calls sounds him like, that. And sounds like something that you, they, you, you get after a night out. Chicken, <laughs> chicken, chicken Burns? They, and they, he's they call her Trish the Dish. Of Nobody the ten, calls me that. Of the ten hitters to face a three-ball count with Chicken Corbin Burns, Yeah. six of them struck out. He is only throwing. Are you trying to get me, give me to guess who the guys are that struck out? <laughs> yeah. He has only thrown eighteen pitches in three ball counts all year. Wow, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, he's been really good. So I don't know what you mean to say. Yeah, I mean, sure. Go go get him. <laughs> My question for you: The Corbin Burns. Some might say he's on fire. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. oh, Chicken God. Corbin. Chicken Corbin Burns will oh, still be my favorite. God, that was Forrester. His walks and hits per innings pitch. Everyone knows First of all, you said that Forrester was right about something earlier. I know, and then you I know. made a Drew joke. Luckily, he, luckily, I know he doesn't listen to this. Oh, so. God. There's no, no doubt about that. His whip through the first four appearances this season. Yeah. Or starts, however you want to call it. 0.329. That's pretty good. Not just pretty good. That's the best ever. Well, I mean, if. if In a it, minimum of 20 innings pitch. Right. First four appearances in a season. There are, however, two modern pitchers who had a .517 or lower whip through their first four appearances in a season. You're going to tell us how modern you mean by modern? Or? Since the millennium. Since the millennium. There ain't going to be nothing after that, so give me one more platinum plat. Any of them active? No. Oh, that's random. How about that? It's a, it does. Uh, Pedro. That thought was going to be my first guess. Pedro, indeed. Yeah, he had 0.517. That one season was just the most. That was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. What about Clemens? No. Not active, but in this millennium. Josh Beckett. Nope. What about uh, what about Mike Messina? No. Uh, Randall K. Johnson. Nope. Is this middle initial K? I have no idea if it is or not. Randy what Myers was Randall Roy K. Roy Halladay. No. Uh, Cliff Lee. Yes. Really. <laughs> Wow. Really? Point four one one ERA through four where? starts in 2008 for the Phillies, I presume. Uh, it could have been the Indians, I guess, then. It probably was the Indians then, right? I don't know. 2008. 2008. I don't remember. i got to be honest with you. I don't remember where Cliff Lee was in 2008. But that's indeed who it was. The other two. Cleveland, indeed, yes. Yeah. Uh, an Atlee Hammaker. Ah, oh, dude. Oh, oh, man. Ham, ham, ham maker? Ham. Yeah. He's actually I love, spelled ham maker. I love a way. good ham maker. He is spelled ham maker. Yeah. Back in 83. And uh, Jim did. Tobin. Oh, Jimmy. In 1944. Jimmy, Vince's son. Yeah. Uh, Vince, Vince Tobin's son, of course. Indeed. Can't believe he didn't have us guess those guys. I think those would have been next on our list. Indeed. In fairness, 
I can't believe that I, I only guessed Cliff Lee because Andrew said Roy Halliday and like I just associate the two of them together. Sure. If if Andrew had not guessed Roy Halliday, it might have been gone. it might have been hours before I thought about it. Pretty incredible for a while there. Yeah, he was. He was no doubt. He was very good. All right. Uh Tubular is brought to you today by Window Nation. Act now, beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows. Every style, every color. Plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. By the way, what a nice young man Ruben Hippolyte is. He just sent me like a couple of messages um, ab- about how much he appreciated being on with us and enjoyed the conversation. He's a really good dude. Very nice, very nice kid. Appreciate that. Nice player, too. Really nice player. All right, um, here's what's coming up, totally tubular. It ain't a lot. The Orioles obviously are off today before. Uh, by the way, did you know that the Athletics had won 11 games in a row? I only just found out when I looked up Adam Kolarik to make sure I knew what time zone he was in. Uh, yeah, okay, very good. Yes, they, they traveled yesterday, so <laughs> he should be here by now, back home. Yes, I also, until yesterday, did not know that Adam Kolarik had ended up with the Athletics. Found that out yesterday. But they're the first team ever to There's win 11 else. straight after starting the season 0-6, I saw. And they have the record, right? We learned that in Moneyball. They have the record for the longest win streak ever. Sure. Right? Scott, <laughs> Scott, Scott, sure. Scott had It was a pretty significant plot point in Moneyball, man. Scott had it. Yeah. They basically made it seem like it was more important than, win, than, than winning I the postseason. I actually thought the Indians broke it a few years ago, didn't Did they? they? Did they? Hang sure. on a second. Longest MLB win streak ever is... Uh, it appears as though it's still the Ethel. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let me do this. Let me do this. Um, uh, the Indians won 22 in a row. And yes, yes. Hang on a second. We're waiting. You know no. what? This is a weird bit. Okay, I'm looking a- at it. The Athletics here. was 20. The Indians was 22. Yeah, in 2017. But apparently, neither of those is actually the record. See? The record, I guess they Told just don't you. count it because it was so long ago. The Giants in 1916 won 26 consecutive games. Right. But I remember the Indians from a few years ago. They had went on yes. the run. And they, I guess that's the modern the modern That's record. the modern record. It was 22 for the Indians, which broke the... By the way, Moneyball sucked. Like, I don't know why we can't just all... The, it didn't suck. No, it sucked. I mean, it, it didn't suck. It sucked. It, it didn't suck. I thought it was okay. It, it's still a you're, fun you're, movie. Like, it's a good, uh, fun baseball I movie. Haven't, I haven't rushed back to watch I'm not, it. You have I haven't to, either. You but, have to be willing to... Uh, dismiss so many things in order to take any enjoyment out of Moneyball. I think it would be far more enjoyable for somebody who doesn't know baseball. Anybody trying to make the story of that athletics team be about Scott effing Hatterberg instead? No, it's not. It's about their pitchers. Their pitchers were amazing. They had amazing pitching. Amazing pitching. And Scott Hatterberg. Somehow they tried to make it so that David Justice you see his was the story of the athletics. Thank you, Kyle. He's And, and the Greek god of walks was uh, Kevin Euclid. He wasn't there, though. I know, but that, they referenced him in the movie. Um, see, and I'm a big Sorkin guy, too, but that's not the movie that I would go. I would go back and watch like the social network. Oh, absolutely, 100%. I, look, I've only seen it the one time I saw it, but I liked it. And they like it, it was such crap that they tried to make it seem like you know, th- it was this un- ungodly success because they had the win streak. They did. That's, that's how they and, measure success. In and baseball. then had to deal with the fact that they never actually won anything. Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. Like, Name the other teams before yeah, that you. that won 20 straight games. Great, great point. Kyle. Actually, there was the one. Giants. I mean, huh? I've got the list here. Yeah, 1916. Yeah, yeah. Steck has got Giants, it for you. Huh? He's got it for you. 
Uh, how, how did this come up? Oh, the Athletics. They're red hot. They're red hot. They've won 11 they're in a row. And there's Great somebody... job by Major League Baseball, by the way, with the schedule this week. The the, the two off days. Oh, I, we were talking about that the other day. I hate it. I hate it so much. There's somebody else that plays for the Athletics now that I had no idea. What, why did nobody tell me that Elvis Andrews was an athletic? I didn't know that. He's like 34 now. He's yeah, but, been an athletic but I, for Has he really? Has he I been? He Is it I just because the Orioles didn't play them last season he that I didn't realize? He was a Ranger last year, wasn't he? Was, I think he joined them prior to last season. I could be wrong on that. But, but if it was I last mean, season, it would make sense that I wouldn't know. The Orioles didn't play them last season. They only played the Well, Eastern Ramon Laureano has like more steals no, than the baseball athlete, combined. He, Elvis Andrews joined the Athletics this season. See, he so was a Ranger last year. Yeah, there you go. I'm wrong about that. Stecka was wrong about this one. Kyle was right. And I hate saying Kyle was right. I hate that so much. Do. But Kyle do. was right about Laureano this. Laureano has Mitch, more steals. Mitch Moreland, Mitch Moreland is, is an well. Oakland Athletic. Who knew? Who knew that, Mitch that, Moreland that was tracks. an Oakland That tracks. I probably could have guessed that if you gave me three guesses to guess where Mitch Moreland fell. Where was he last season? Last season? Mm-hmm. I don't want to say Toronto. Well, he started in Boston, and he ended up in San Diego. And I didn't remember that either. Did not remember that either. I remember him in Boston. I don't remember him going to San yeah, Diego. Yeah, I didn't remember that one bit. Anyway, the point is that the Orioles are off the night before they open their series to the Athletics tomorrow, Obviously. who are very good. Who knew? Who knew how good the Athletics were? Uh, the baseball options today, MLB Network, Diamondbacks, Reds, 12-30, Yankees, Indians, 6, Padres, Dodgers. By the way, four games this weekend, and I think three of them are on national TV because I know it's the Sunday night game this weekend in L.A., and I think one more of them is on MLB Network this weekend. So four games, the Padres and Dodgers, which is the best baseball we've got right now. Uh, but you got to stay up late the night. It's a 10 o'clock game. It was a big part of my weekend last weekend. I did not. I do not have the package, so I did not get to watch any of that. I've, That's what she said. Yeah, thank you. I, I realized as soon as I said that what I had said. Also a big part of my weekend last weekend. YouTube tonight for the Angels and Astros at 8 o'clock. By the way, such a bad bit when they put a game on YouTube that you don't get a local broadcast. It's a terrible bit. Like, they treat it like a national broadcast game if the game's on YouTube. You don't get to have a local broadcast. Who's doing Wait, what do you mean? Games, so Masson would be locked out? How does that work? If the Orioles are on YouTube at some point, yeah, yeah. there will be no game on Masson. It's like when they're on how Fox. Is it, how could they have possibly gotten the priority? I don't know. That's how much money did they pay? Good Ca- God. Capitals Islanders tonight at 7 o'clock. NBC Sports Washington. TNT Sixers Bucks at 7. Lakers Mavs at 9.30. Another big win for the Suns last night. I'm excited Anthony about Anthony Davis is supposed to be returning tonight for the Ooh, Lakers. look at you dropping the knowledge. NBCSN Lesta and uh, West Bromwich at uh, 3. And the Golf Channel for round one of the PGA Zurich Classic of New Orleans at 3.30. Whoever's playing in that. That's actually a fun team event. Oh, Oh. They pair they pair up and they play like alternate shots. I, I visited New Orleans a couple years ago to celebrate my fifth anniversary with my wife. And of course we took our friend with us because that's what you do. Um <laughs> I, I would explain that, but I don't need I don't have the time. Um so when we got down there, it it's apparently a big deal because everybody every cab or, or Uber that we I guess Uber that we got in, they were like, you guys down here for the golf tournament? <laughs> like, yeah. what what about me? What about the guy in the Spider-Man hat? Makes you think <laughs> he's down here for the golf tournament exactly. Like what is it about me that screams golf tournament guy? But uh yeah, that's cut today at 3:30. Some non-sports highlights, Kyle. Did you know there's a musical act named Rit Momney? I did. I am aware of Rit Momney and, and Cuz I didn't until a, just a now. A prominent cover that Rit Momney did. 
and yeah. I can't think of what it was. Uh, they uh, they do the cover of a uh, uh, girl put your records on. Oh, so does Glenn. Yeah, I, it's yeah. been in my repertoire for some time. Um, the Moonies. You like the Moonies stuff tonight? The I Moodies. Like, I do enjoy the me. Moodies. I do enjoy. That's a good show. Nine thirty. And uh, there's no reason. Why, I don't know why people aren't. It's Dennis Leary and Jay Baruchel. It, it's not, like all. It's not pure on. It's not an NBC comedy. It's it's a, a a dramatic comedy, but it works. It's a very good show. Okay. Rob Lowe's on Seth Meyers. You like worship at the altar of Jay Baruchel. Why have you not I watched that show? At the altar. I think you Nancy Groom was one of the best you are, comedy like shows. You were obsessed with Jay Baruchel. Yeah, with Why Man would you think you were going to say he worshipped at the altar of Rob Lowe? Man Lowe's Seeking well, Woman <laughs> season one remains one of the best single seasons of comedic television good. ever made. It was good. There's no doubt about that. Jay Baruchel was, was the star of that show. This is very weird. Um, stuff and things. GlennClarkRadio.com. It's not a great sale. Speaking of man-seeking women, Eric Andre is on Kimmel. All right, so there's that. Why do you think I'm going to play golf? There you go. You go play golf. I got kickball tonight, Wait, actually. you like I'm Young Sheldon, Glenn? No, I don't. I don't like Young Sheldon. You like Grey's Anatomy? Uh, there, was a, the, I, there was a girl that I dated years ago. Oh, everyone had a girl they dated that years ago that liked Grey's Anatomy. with Grey's Anatomy. But it was I still, got, I still got one of those girls. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but this, no, but this predates uh, DVR or any of that. Yeah, they had DVDs. This, this was, no, this was like we had to... Whatever time Grey's Anatomy was on, we had to sit down every week. I want you to know at the time that Grey's Anatomy didn't was have on to television. Be we. Well, I, at that age, yes, it did. <laughs> at that age, <laughs> you could have just been you, like, "I'll do my of, own thing." There were a tonight. lot of things at that age that you had to do. It still is at my age. Oh, that's so. now that's a mistake on your part. That <laughs> it's not part, a half, it's not a have to. It's not a half. He chooses. He's just a big. Grey's I, Anatomy. Will, I will do it. So he's, a, he's, a, like he's a McDreamy <laughs> guy. Hey, is, I'll, I'll is McDreamy Grey's Anatomy? That, that was McDreamy. Yeah, yeah, right? right? Is that Doctor yeah. McDreamy? Who's still on? Is Catherine Heigl still on that no, show? No, she's burned no, all she bridges. Is anybody still on that show that was on that show when my ex watched it? Yeah, this one patient's just been there the whole time. Some point, I think there's like three or four of the original. Catherine Heigl was having sex with like a cancer patient in the hospital during the season that I was watching. Well, what you didn't know is he was a ghost. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just leave that there. What? Are you for real? Yeah, it was like a like an imagination. That's a really weird bit, man. That's a really weird bit. Hey, don't forget, next Thursday night, we're going to be at Looney's Perry. Andrew likes Grey's Anatomy a lot. He's just a big Grey's Anatomy fan, (laughs) no doubt. We'll be at Looney's Perry Hall with Grade 8's memorabilia and Gus the Bus Edwards for a draft party and Project Game Day draft special broadcast. It'll be myself, KZ, Jeremy Kahn. I think that there might be some Mogaba bobbleheads still available for people that come out as well. But right now, what we need you to do is go to either Great 8's memorabilia with the number 8, great8smemorabilia.com, or you can go to Mission Ticks and get your meet-and-greet tickets for a picture and autograph with Gus Edwards. They're $45, but you can save 8 bucks by using the code GLENN, G-L-E-N-N, in all caps when you check out. And that money is going to Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. That's who we're raising money for with this uh, meet and greet with Gus Edwards next week to raise money for Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland, a great charity. It's a free event to get in. Like, you don't have to buy a ticket to get into the restaurant. There's going to be other things going on, raffles, mini silent auction, food and drink specials, of course, the broadcast. I think Jeremy Kahn will be willing to take pictures with you for free, but don't quote me on that at this point. You got to pay to have him, have him take his shirt off. That's a that's a fact. Everybody knows that. I saw he got a gnarly kickball injury last night. Jeremy I didn't see Kahn. that too. It was really weird. But yeah, that's next Thursday night. We're looking forward to that. And then we'll be in studio, uh, Kyle Casey and I, next Friday night for night two of the Project Game Day draft special. Andrew Stecka, get your plugs in, please. Uh, UtahStreetReport.com, Birdland Sports at Birdland Sports on Twitter. You can watch that show on 
pretty much any platform you can imagine youtube facebook twitch Periscope, grinder all of them yeah grinder all of them uh j date j date i don't even know what that one is plenty um, it's it's a jewish dating site what do you think it is oh okay <laughs> yeah fair enough uh and then uh top at tottenham pod for for my soccer podcast as well big one coming up this weekend Spurs have their first uh, opportunity to get a trophy in more than a decade as they play Manchester City in the League Cup final on Ooh, Sunday. If, if, so if, if, you're, if you're looking to get into something uh, that is related to everything going on Super League and otherwise, that'd be a, a good place to start as we'll, uh, we'll do a pre- and post-game show for that game because it is a big one. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Astepka. Very good. And Friday, June 18th, he will be in studio with us here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio doing his shots of tuna and sardine juice off of uh, of Tim from Bel Air's Ice Luge. We are looking forward to that. Thanks also today to Ruben Hippolyte, Maryland linebacker, uh, Jim Henneman, and you're going to hear in a minute from Ian Martinez, incoming Terps transfer. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Another busy day tomorrow. Charles Davis. Yeah, we'll do a draft segment with Charles Davis from CBS. Indeed. Uh, Kim English. Yes. Uh, George Mason, coach, uh, Baltimore native, is going to uh, talk to us. Also, Mike Pereira. Yeah, Mike Pereira. We didn't really talk today about any of the rules stuff, mostly because it's – we want to debate about whether or not uh, this Sean Elliott's going to be able to pry number four away from Sam Cook. Like, I don't think there's really much of a conversation to be had about that. But the way that it's going to work with expanded uh, roles, the replay official, but still not the sky judge thing that we should have done five years ago. We'll talk more about that with Pereira tomorrow. Uh, Simon, maybe. Simon Atamarian might be stopping by. I know Paul Mittermeier stopping by. Well, not he's going right. to call in for a minute tomorrow. I we mean, if we have time, we'll do a call in the kitchen, I guess, right? We'll have time. We'll call right. in the kitchen tomorrow. Did you get your hat? No, always time. Dude, I know. Dude, I'll see if I can. I'll see if is there. Is there? You said you ordered it. I did, and I don't understand how it hasn't arrived. Is there? Pizza. The Restaurant Depot. Maybe, yeah, that may be the place to look. All right, uh, that's all coming up tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners: the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle at K. Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Give him a follow there. At Glenn Clark Radio for us. Andrew Stecka, love you. Thank you, pal. Enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Glenn. We wrap up today. Had to do this a little bit earlier on. An opportunity to catch up with uh, an incoming Terp. Ian Martinez is coming to play basketball at Maryland, uh, transferring from Utah. We wrap up today's show by hearing from him. Have a great Wednesday or Thursday night. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. And a pleasure now to be joined here on GCR by a man who is getting ready to come to the University of Maryland. He announced this week he would transfer. With four years of eligibility remaining from Utah to Maryland, he is Ian Martinez, and he's with us now here on GCR. Ian, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time. Congratulations on becoming a Terp. Well, first of all, thanks for having me here today. And, yeah, I appreciate your time and just giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about this this topic and, you know, what the situation is and how I feel. So thank you for that. Well, I'm happy to do it, man. It's great to get to know you. You know, a lot of times, Ian, when we hear about someone coming to Maryland, we, like, look and we're like, oh, that makes sense. They played with so-and-so in high school or, you know, they knew this guy from this place, of course, or they're local or something like that. Your background, not quite the same, right? (laughs) Like from Costa Rica out to California, then to Utah with your dad. What's the story? How did you end up finding out about Maryland and how did this end up being a fit for you? Uh, you know, um, so back in high school, um, Coach Brady came to watch a practice, 
and in my junior year, my junior year, and that's when I met Coach Brady. That's why I had that that connection and to Maryland. You know, back then we just spoke, we spoke, and I mean the situation didn't work out quite as well, but I still knew him. You know, and he sent out a another assistant, so two of them came to came to watch me. You know, practice and and play, and but the situation, like I said, didn't end up uh, and the way and we wanted it at the time. And yeah, from there, you know, I went to Utah in the years past. And since I put my name in the transfer portal, Coach Brady reached out to me, and we just worked things out. You know, and scheduled the Zoom and get to know everyone and a little bit more about Maryland and what my role could be over there. But, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited and really happy to have the opportunity to be there. Oh, I mean, it's a really cool story. I, Ian, how much do you know about Maryland? You know, outside of Coach Brady and, and the Zoom call, like, did you know much at all about the Maryland program? Not quite. And, you know, I knew it was, like a uh, big program, you know, a really good school. Sure. Uh, academically and also in the basketball aspect. So that was something that was brought to my attention. You know, you always want to play at the highest level and have just uh, good people surrounding you. So that was something that, that really interested me about it. And then, I just kept communicating with the with the coaches and getting to know more about what they're about, and I loved everything, everything from them. Is Ian Martinez? He's coming to Maryland to play basketball next season. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Ian, give me an idea. You know, you mentioned the kind of fit that you're going to be for this program. What kind of fit do you envision yourself to be? You know, you were you were productive during your first season at Utah, and I imagine you were just scratching the surface of what might be possible moving forward. We know you had that huge game in the Pac-12 tournament. What what in, what do you envision for your role with this Maryland basketball team? Well, I know I know I can bring a lot a lot to the table and that I have plenty 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 of room for development, just improvement and a lot of areas which I'm really happy about because I know I can like I said I know I can do a lot for a team. And I just need a a place where I can do that, you know, at the highest level and on the big stage where I can show eh, what I have. So I know I can I can create a lot of opportunities for my teammates. Okay. And not only scoring, but, you know, I think I can provide a lot with that. Are, are you creating and helping in, in a fast game? You know, Big Ten, one of the fastest conference. So that's something that that I like. You know, play fast, fast breaks, and also believe I can do a lot defensively. I might not be as big as as big as some other guards or forwards, but I believe I can do a lot with my athleticism and the the room that I still have to improve. You're more of an on-ball guy, correct? Like you're more of a the type to sort of run, run, run a set, run an offense, something like that. It's... I can play on and off the ball. Okay, on and off the ball. Uh, 
I believe I do a great job adjusting to to the systems wherever I go, and if that's the case. But for this place, uh, I believe it's a great fit. Ian Martinez is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. He's coming to play basketball at Maryland. Ian, I want to talk about your background. You know, I referenced, you know, where you've been and, and your family. Can can you take me through, like, growing up and, and being in Costa Rica, the son of a basketball player? Did did you always know, like, basketball was for you and that was your path? Or or when did it come to you? You know, I used to play soccer when, when I was over there in Costa Rica, but basketball has always been my thing. And you know, had the ball in my hand since I was since, since I was two, you know. Wow. Just, that was like my main thing. And yeah, so soccer was the only sport that I did besides basketball, but it was never really like, serious. And it was kind of just another thing that I did. And because it's, uh, it, it was at least the main sport, well, it still is the main sport, and sure. back in Costa Rica, but basketball has grown a lot and through these years. So basketball has started to become more of a thing back in Costa Rica. And so, yeah, and having also, you know, a basketball family. My dad played basketball, you know, played in many places, different countries in Latin America and also in Puerto Rico. And my mom was also a basketball player. She played with the national team. Oh, wow. And she played professionally there in Costa Rica and did a lot of things. So, you know, growing up in the basketball family as well, it's not like I was forced into it. My parents always gave me the freedom to do whatever I I aspired to do, you know, and they supported me all the way through it. So, Whatever it was that I wanted to do, even when I was playing soccer, they they always gave me the support, found me a team, you know, and brought me to practice and and helped me and gave me advice all the time and took care of me. And the same in this aspect, they sacrificed it a lot, you know, to get all the opportunities that I could to get out of the country and have a better, better experience in the basketball aspect, you know, and keep growing as a as a young man. That's awesome, man. That's that's really really cool. Who's who's tougher on you when when you guys play like in a, you know, up against each other? Who's tougher on you? Who defends you harder? Your mom or your dad? Well, I mean, uh, my my dad most of it. He's okay. He's the one, and that is more involved. You know, I worked out with him and what I. I've been working out with him, you know, since I was little. So that's just something that we're used to. Sure. You know, to spending a lot of time on. I understand that. To... Sorry. No, I understand that. Did, 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 would, would you would you ever go up against your mom, or, or you know, was she part of, of of shaping your basketball game at all? Oh yeah, she she wouldn't uh, normally be on the court, and but of course after games. My mom always gives advice, you know, and what other things, probably more on the on the mental aspect, and for me, which is really important, you know, growing up and now getting here to a different uh, type of level, 
in basketball here in the U.S. So she's always brought something to the table uh, that I can improve. Ian, Ian Martinez, another couple minutes with him here on Glenn Clark Radio. Ian, we had a player at Maryland a few years back who was from Venezuela, and his name was Gravis Vasquez. And oh, yeah. Brought, I mean, a great player, obviously, and a really good dude. And, you know, we could never fully comprehend how important he was to his home country. Like, he was a big deal around here, but in Venezuela, he was massive. And and I was reading up on you and, and national publications in Costa Rica who have written about you and you know, the pursuit of, of, of having a Costa Rican player maybe one day in the NBA, do, do you deal with that? Like, do you deal with, you know, the pressure maybe for an entire country or or having an entire country that you know that's rooting for you and, and trying to, to lift them up as you play? I wouldn't say pressure. A lot of people might refer to it like that. But, you know, it's just something you you got to enjoy and feel good about having other people that you might not know personally, but, you know, they, they're rooting for you and they want to see you do good, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it pressure. It's cool. And I, I don't see it as pressure. I don't have no, no pressure. This is something that I enjoy doing. You know, I enjoy working out. I enjoy going to school and just going through the process of, building more relationships while I'm on this journey. You know, so I wouldn't call it pressure at all. I respect that, man. And and it is. It's it's nice to know that you mean that much to a lot of people, I'm sure, right? And that that's something that you want to carry with you. How big of a deal would it be, you know, to 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 break through and and be the guy from Costa Rica that makes it to the NBA, um which I'm sure is is a dream for a lot of kids. Yeah, you know, I've always had that in mind. Uh I never had, like, not the smallest idea of how I was going to make all these things happen. Like, when I was younger, before I left my country. and But, you know, I I had a dream about it and had a desire to to be here and try to achieve my goal. So, you know, it's something that's always been in my mind. And... You know, you're never too young or too old to inspire other people. So feeling that support, like you said, is, is really big. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's so cool to hear you talk about it. All right, Ian Martinez, before we let you go, um, best Costa Rican food that, try as someone might, has not been able to be replicated in the States. Like you haven't been able to get this thing that you had growing up and you desperately wanted again. I don't know how to cook it. There's a lot of, it might sound simple. We we call it uh, rice and beans and you eat it, but you can combine it with other stuff on the side. You know, you can eat it with other things on the side. Uh, but it's not just like you, you mix I, the I, rice. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it has a lot of other things in it. A lot of other ingredients in it. And yeah, I've not found that here. My mom, she she has uh, she has made uh, that dish uh, a couple times when we had some visitors here, and that I share with some of my teammates here in Utah and some some other people, some other friends in California. They have tried the one that my mom made, 
but I haven't found any like restaurants. <laughs> well, we're gonna need we're gonna need folks in Maryland to step up and 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 come through. And we got you know this is a pretty diverse cultural area uh, this way, Ian. So I I got a funny feeling we might be able to find somewhere between Baltimore and D.C. That uh, that might have you covered for some uh, from good Costa Rican rice and beans, bro. We will work on that in the coming <laughs> weeks and months, man. Um, Ian, that's let, awesome. That would be awesome. Let's get let's get plugs in. I know you're on Twitter. Um, it's at Ian Jemaine, J U M A I N E, correct? Yes, sir. And then on Instagram, it's at Ian underscore Martinez twenty two. Yes, sir. Excellent. Give him a follow in those locations. Ian, really excited, man. Really enjoyed this conversation. Appreciate you taking the time for us. Can't wait to see you here in College Park. Thank you for joining us this morning. Once again, thank you so much for your time. And, yeah, I'm super excited to to see the fans and just get to know everyone in Maryland and do my best.